today's guest. Long time coming. Ami Kozak. Into the lion's den. We're on the mislabeled podcast. What is this? Oh. Ami Kozak, welcome to the show. Buckle up, sweet. Oh. You imitating Gary Vee and imitating me, I, I, I get, get it, it, right? A humility. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling, we have 30 podcast guests in one episode now. <laughs> but you know, in order to start at something and get good, you have to start by not being very good at all, you know? Ami is a comedian. This is not what he regularly does. This is something that he is just obviously passionate about. Post-October 7th, when the world is certainly happy to shine a light on us as Jews in a negative way, it's like, well, screw that. We're all Jews, and we should be proud to be. The boys at Mislabeled, the podcast, put me with some nice love, so I, I'm a big fan. I love those guys. <laughs> now I'm in the label one, right here in the throne. You're like right. getting very tense, and like your neck goes like they're crazy when you're talking about Hamas, and it's going too long, and you want to move on to other subjects. It's just like, things busted. It's like, come on, come on, too much on this like serious shit. Let's get funny. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Mislabeled. Uh, firstly, very quickly before we get to today's guest, if you're watching this, uh, please like, subscribe, and comment. We would appreciate it greatly. Thank you so much. Now, with that being said, let's go right into things. First of all, we hope you enjoy uh, enjoy the last episode where we unveiled the one, the only, the great Dovi Neubiger, who we are extremely excited to have as our new co-host. We are looking forward to doing next level things, right, Dovi? I am here, yeah. He's so. stoked. <laughs> Zach called me up also, by the way, just FYI, after the party, he's like, dude, we're taking this to the moon, this guy is the next legend of our time, right, Zach? Is that true? You didn't we, say that to me. No, you like. I got a call, no, I got a call from Label saying, hey, we picked the guy, by the way, we picked the guy, sent me two YouTube links, I looked at one and a half minutes, I'm like, yeah, okay, good. He did. Good what, what, you, what YouTube was it? I sent him the things you sent me. Oh, one of my stand-ups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right away, he's like, I watched once. Like, he actually voice noted me that. He's like, label? I watched two seconds. I like this guy. No, I saw, I saw the douchebag hair. I'm like, he's perfect. There you go. Perfect. I think you're in for a treat with this one. Yeah. He's going to do well for you guys. Uh, yeah, you do not. very well for these guys. <laughs> do big things. Big things. Um, okay. To today's guest. Uh, long time coming. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Ami Kozak. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Into the, well. into the lion's den. Into the lion's den. not the lion's den, brother. Like, you know, trust me, there's... In the lot. spirit of Achtus, here we go, coming together, right? <laughs> well, there's a lot more people that uh, would consider themselves in the lion's den than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know. I'm cute. It, yeah. It's all You're kibbit. a man. This is not a lion's den. It's all kibitzing and fun in the, in the, in the podcast. Zach, Zach wants to put his, hand, his, put his foot down right now. He wants to make sure there's no Yiddish words being said on this podcast. Oh, oh, as well we're as, trying this new thing where we pretend that uh, we don't pretend our whole audience is... Jews, yeah, and we want to go like, hey, we love that, but yeah. no, Goyim, come here. Oh, so. I see. I, I, I'm, I'm all about the opposite these days. It's just like I you, am. I am only a Jew these days. You've been buckling down on the Judaism. Oh yeah, but you'll talk Yeshiva on a pot. Why not? Well, to him, it's not natural. That's why. To him, it's a shtick. <laughs> it's, exactly. it's a bit. It's a bit. <laughs> it's a bit. It's like a persona. Correct. Uh, but, you know, our, our culture isn't your costume. You know that, right? You can't just be using I'm culturally appropriating, culturally appropriating yeshivish <laughs> Judaism as a modern Orthodox Jew. Now That's we're right. fully in the inside. <laughs> if I so much as hear you ever say the word shtim, I'm going to be sending a very angry. So what is shtim? It's like to mesh, to mesh. Yeah. Shtim. Yeah. It's a good word, by the way. You know, yeah, I, feel, I thought word. I knew a lot, and I just did a whole sketch trying to be a yeshivish guy. But I don't. I just, that was excellent. By the I way, I just learned shtim. Yeah. He played the uh, he played the the quintessential yeshivish Jew at the at the oh, Hanukkah party. Oh, the office Hanukkah party. Hanukkah party. Yeah. with Elon Gold. Yeah, very nice. Not, with the token like non-religious and modern Orthodox Jews that work in wait, the same wait, company, wait, wait, and they're wait, like apologizing yeah. for him. I'm about to make yeah. a whole big thing because nowadays in Hollywood, if you have an actor playing, let's say, someone autistic, right? Yeah. And they. Like people get upset. Like mm -hmm. you cannot 
at the very least, hire him to be your yeshivish consultant. Like, you can't just <laughs> did be willy really, representing did I need us. One? He's saying I didn't need one. <laughs> no, it was great. I thought it, was, I th I thought it stimmed really well. That wasn't the right did word. Did you speak to people or you already know at this point? I know, I know. And I don't know, you know, stim is, is, is somewhat new. I'm, and, and, and there's certain things, there's always like uh, little nuances. He says but things I, I don't know. But yeah, yeah exactly. Come but, on, and I don't? Uh, you definitely do. Yeah, come on. <laughs> There's yeah. always a little bit of that curve, you know, um, of, uh, I mean, even Teaneck Jews don't fully understand Anglewood Jews. You know, it's like, it's like yeah. we're splitting hairs at a certain point. Right. But, you know, we've all been exposed to each other enough to. Right. When you do, so, when you do the Mikvanite jokes at Anglewood, like probably no one gets them. That's what I mean. <laughs> they all get them. But that's what I'm saying. You assume they don't. But Anglewood's not like Scarsdale and not like all, you know, oh, this okay, is, that's what it. I'm saying. You really Anglewood's need to know your audience. Anglewood's yeah. McFish strong. And we've already lost the Goyim. But it's out. not even a Yantif. Mamsh, it's disgusting. I think it's okay. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Thank God. Baruch Hashem. People don't realize this yeah. is that there's really, people think there's like one type of Orthodox Jew. Oh my god. There's gosh. like 48 flavors. Yeah. And some of them don't talk to each other. They've like, not, 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 they taught shit. They they can't understand. Right. I mean, culturally, if culturally. If we're atomized into these different groups, like broadly speaking, Svartic, Ashkenazic, conservative, right. reform, yeah. Orthodox, split each one of them open, like the molecules come out yeah. in terms of within Orthodox itself. Right. I don't know. I'm sure it's true in other denominations with with conservative and reform. If you split those open, what you get. Sure, but sure. Uh, with Orthodox, for sure. But there's also you know, you can, with the I lens, think, I'm I sure to, have, to ever to the outside world, we're all exactly the right. same. But. I think with Orthodox, there's, there's more layers. Yeah. I think that like Hasidic Jews, look at that. I mean, yeah. they are all like you know. But forget yeah. about that. Yeah. You could talk to like a Lakewood guy. He'll start explaining to you the difference between this Tom's guy. River and yeah, no, forget about Tom's River. Each say better, say better. Whatever. Yeah. Each exact. <laughs> it's it, it gets. Trust me, I've been around people that really are like. I just heard about this. You you just mentioned him. I this is new to me. There's something Safard. What was that? I just said farting. <laughs> yes, what is Sephardic that? and Ashkenazi? That's new. Yeah, so Jews that descend from Spain and the and the and the huh. and certain Arabian Peninsula. They sound second class. I, I, wish, I, was, <laughs> I wish I was Sephardi. Does everyone here wish they were Sephardi also? Yeah, I would. I would want to be Syrian. Yeah. I'd be so much better looking. Everyone would be so much better. You're like, well, you could me. be a white passing Syrian. I've yeah, seen plenty yeah. of those. Can I? I see that you too. dress and act like a Syrian. And I used to have my hair like a Syrian. Do you remember yeah, that? Time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You used and to then, do the hair. And then in full three years, back. you'd be old enough to marry a 17 year old girl. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. I just feel like Sephardi people. They just have the genes. I, I don't know. Just something I've always believed. I, don't I think, think it's true. We do it to like, like I know when I get a, like I have this bit where I get approached by like Christian like uh, missionaries and like different types of like Mormons mm -hmm. and like there's the Mormons that like do multiple wives and the Mormons that don't do multiple wives. So like because right. like the one thing we all know about Mormons is like multiple, multiple wives. wives. Right. So like anytime they approach me, I'm like, oh, so like I get to have more than wife. They're like, no, we're not that kind of Mormon. <laughs> I'm like. I don't know. Yeah. That's your best-selling bitch, dude. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I've never had Svarty Envy. They're cool, but, you know, I feel pretty good. I like, even I, Pesach, I though? Uh, the, okay. Yeah, there like, you go. There you go. So Svarty members just allowed to do whatever they want. It's just like there's always a way out, I feel like, always. Svartic men. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, the women are. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, uh, I want to jump off of that because... Yeah. You you were just saying uh, when we started this conversation that like recently you've been you've been all Jewish. Oh you've yeah. Been, so like let's start with that. Let's yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. that because you've been kind of big on the internet for a while now, right. and very clearly since October seventh you did a, a, a sort of an about face, a little bit of a brand switch, mm -hmm. and you've become like a Jewish activist kind of, and uh, really just big on Israel and like. I see you talking to politicians. Talk to us a little bit about that. How that come to be? Mm -hmm. uh, is this the beginning of your Israel advocacy, or is this, or is this uh, something that's been with you for a while? And kind of what that switch has been like for you? 
Yeah, I definitely have dispelled with the notion of the hierarchy of coolness when it comes to Jewy and non-Jewy and trying to sort of be an incognito Jew out there in the entertainment world at a certain point. You know, the more authentic you become, especially with social media, you begin to learn that the the deeper you go, like the better the reward and the better the audience, I think, uh, respects and appreciates that. You guys had Gary Vian. Yeah. Well, you could have just asked me. But you had Gary Vian. I, I prefer to go deep, not wide, right? <laughs> like, like, that's a real shit. I prefer to go deep, not wide. But, you know, the more you do it, it, it makes perfect sense that his eyes you are always potty. so wide. I just want to say one thing. You imitating Gary Vee and imitating me, I, I feel I get very, it. I get it, right? A humility. I get it. Um, but what, what I will say is. podcast guests in one episode now. <laughs> when you have no leverage in the very beginning of your career when you're starting out, you, you're trying to just cast this super wide net. And you're really trying to be, it's like when you're dating, right? You're dating your audience and trying to build an audience. In the beginning, you're like, you know, Louis We all actually do literally date our audience. (laughs) You're like every type of guy. You don't really even know yourself yet. So you're just kind of like throwing yourself up against the world and seeing how the world responds. But you don't really form a true sense of identity just yet. And with that, the world kind of responds. And with increased, with, with little bits of success along the way and validation, you begin to sort of reveal more and more of yourself and get more and more comfortable. So your relationship to an audience is kind of like dating. And then at a certain point in time, you're, you you just feel comfortable enough that you're able to have enough confidence and creative sensibility to to, to just be you. And you know how I in date, the full, by the way? In the full totality of yourself. The first date, bro, on myself. Yeah. I can tell you that that's right That's a problem. Second. And that's a problem. <laughs> and you're single, label. <laughs> and that's a problem. I don't, like, judge the previous iterations of myself for not doing that. I think it's a right. natural progression, and it's a gradual progression. You can't just, on the first date, start divulging everything that you are in the totality. It might be very overwhelming and it might not be fully digestible or understood. I'm not known to be an overwhelming person. (laughs) Really? I think what you're doing right now, to me at least, from my vantage point, seems Mm. very unique because you have like the Ben Shapiro's of the world. I'm not saying, not as a comedian, he's meaning what? A very famous Orthodox Jew who wears a yarmulke. But nothing he says is is, is from, Mm -hmm. right? He's a very palatable, everything that comes out of him, he's a content machine, is palatable to a full secular audience. You... I'm seeing you talking to Candace Owens. I'm seeing you do this. I'm seeing your Jordan Pearson video go viral. You're talking to Adam Carolla, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And then, then I'm seeing a Jay sketch thing, and you're talking about the a mincha joke that yeah. 90% of your new audience is going to be like, what the hell is this guy talking about? Mm-hmm. So is, are you, is that an on-purpose move on your part? You're like, I don't care. Like I'm going deeper into my like what I'm actually coming from. I think you begin to realize over time that what makes you competitive as an entertainer is the things only you can do as a skill stack and as a creative. There's a lot of people who can joke about dating and marriage and food. Airlines. There's a lot of material out there to talk about. How many people can joke about mincha, can do that? Only you, Ami. No, there's a select few in this space. And it used to be looked at as like, oh... On the coolness hierarchy, I mean, that's that's all good, like, for Jews. But what, when I get out there, I'll put on a hat. I mean, I'll still cover my hair, head, and, like, wear something. But, like, I, 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 I'll, I, I want, I, you know, everyone just, I'll, I'll be somebody who happens to be Jewish, and they'll find that out later. That's cool, but that's private. And I'm just kind of done with that, especially post-October 7th when, um, you know, it sort of summoned the sense of, you know, the identity of being a Jew as paramount. Like, that's the first thing that matters. Everything else kind of melts away. It kind of is like 
when something when 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 someone's sick or ill, you know, you when you go through something really difficult, dramatic, like everything else in your life trivializes a little bit. Brings your perspective, uh, it, yeah, perspective. Um, yeah, it uh, it just makes everything. It puts everything into a new framework of like priority of like, okay, all this other fun stuff I get to do, that's all well and good, but right now, all my creative energy was channeled channeled into sort of speaking out on behalf of myself as a Jew and the Jewish community in Israel, and I and I thought I was. It's funny enough, like I thought I was taking a, you know, a departure from what I do entertainment wise. And that ended up throwing me back into all of the things I was involved in, in terms of parodying the intellectual dark web and the Jordan Petersons and all this stuff that I consumed before. They all kind of knew me a little bit, but this threw me right into that world. So it actually didn't take me away. It threw me deeper into it by being more of who I was and more of a totality of an entertainer as opposed to just shtick and sketches and impressions. That's all great and entertaining, but... I think once it, it, it expanded who I was as an artist, so to speak, in the totality of like what I think about things. And, you know, you learn if you study enough Jordan Peterson, one of the things he talks about is like, you don't even know yourself, you know, half as well as you think you do. And you don't. You don't even know yourself. So try trying to figure out other people. It's to hear that live. You know, <laughs> it's like you barely know yourself, you know. So that's what I would see. And you <laughs> don't you know yourself. Crying, by the way, yet? What? The well, you know, it's like, yeah, you got me cracked up, you know, it's like, well. It's next Have time. you interacted with him? Uh, it's really crazy. Anyway? You know, he shared a few videos on his Twitter, but not since then. You know, and it hurts. No. Did he actually? Yeah, yeah, he shared. Okay. Oh, he's he's yeah, he's aware. Um, That's amazing. One day he's gonna write a Ben Shapiro's checked out a video. A bunch of people, The Daily Wire. Everything yeah, kind of circulates, but um, we haven't had direct direct interaction yet. But I, I see it coming. But the point is. Does you he, don't know yourself until you try different things, and you have right. to. And like all of a sudden, you realize, oh, I guess people have responded to my serious takes on certain things. And uh, yeah, with that said, back to the original point, like forget the idea at this point in time, post October seventh, when the world is certainly happy to shine a light on us as Jews in a negative way. It's like, well, screw that. Like we're all Jews, and we should be proud to be. And not to sound preachy, but like. It's not, it shouldn't be seen as less cool to be publicly Jewish. And I think we all do that a little bit. We all try to say, yeah, oh yeah, I'm Orthodox. I won't go on Shabbos, but no one has to know why. I won't what on Shabbos? I won't go, to, I won't do the gig on Shabbos or I'll have oh. these things. But like, you know, I feel like there's a lot of, you know, besides the Matis Yahoo's of the world who was like kind of in, in line with their brand to be like a religious Jew when he was coming up. I mean, m people who happen to be Orthodox, that's exactly what it is. Right. Happen to be Orthodox. And there's a few of them. So, like, you know, I'm kind of you're over that. that. You're at 100%. Yeah. Did you, uh, I was saying something actually similar about this mm. outside before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right? Okay. Mm. All right. Um, did you, uh, I was out of curiosity, I was wondering, mm. you have a large, did you lose, like, non-Jewish followers over all your advocacy for Israel over the last, because I, I saw that Jewish Only family. certain types. Uh, about 14,000, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I mean, I, what do you mean but by I, certain types? Oh, cool. He lost mislabeled. <laughs> certain types when you say not I mean like there's people who are like just uh, you know I, I think in the like, evangelical Christian community I gained a bunch right but uh, you know in certain communities that are you know, start sending you Bible verses in your DMs well uh, that would got weird you know yeah, some of them are like some of them we love you you are the part of the chosen people we support Jews we support Israel now come to Jesus. Oh, whoa, 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 hey, oh, oh, hey. hey, hey. We keep them in the friend zone, but we appreciate the uh, the Christian support. Um, so, I don't know, certain types of fans, like temperamentally or, or, you know, I don't know, like crazy people who, I don't know, some people, 
It was very weird, the cross-section. So, I okay, I lost, I think, in total 14,000, but I gained 15,000. So I'm right back where I started. Oh, Hell yeah. And, better um, people, and people that you'd rather also. What's that? And followers that you'd rather have also. Sure. I mean, the people who left because of support for Israel post-October 7th, it's like, what, what do I want with those people? Right, that's It's ridiculous. Saying. And I kind of reached this point where, you know, it, it was beyond politics. Like, I wasn't like, well, this is a political issue I happen to be passionate about. It felt well, way bigger than that. Like seeing videos of a modern day Holocaust coming out, followed by Holocaust celebration and Holocaust denial at the same yeah, it's time. Yeah, really crazy that they're you're like, wait it. a minute. So there's denial of this and celebration of this simultaneously by these groups. This is not a time, and I, I'm not going to say it's not a time to do. I'm not going to say comedy doesn't belong, but it's like if we can't all agree to respect each other's basic dignity and human rights, like comedy's days are numbered. Comedy yeah. exists in a culture and a society in which you can actually. You know, all agree on certain terms like respect for our certain dignity. Tenets. Yeah, and certain principles. And it felt like that fundamental thing was being violated. So that's why I felt really compelled at first to start speaking out about that to kind of, you know, issue a little corrective. It's like, where do we stand here? Let me ask you, you know? this: on the army co in the, in the army Kozak company, mm. does calls for genocide of Jews go against the employee <laughs> handbook and code of conduct? Well, uh, it would depend if that uh, language leads to conduct and leads to a harm. We would have to evaluate that on a case-by-case -case basis. And we defer to the spirit of the U.S. Constitution in the Ami Kozak official handbook, in which uh, it depends. Only for Jews, though. <laughs> how, how long does it take for you to get, like, an impersonation down? To cook? Yeah. Like, um, that, that, like, nobody knew that person a week ago. Did so. I do an impression or just, I like, an impression? Yeah, that yeah, was an that impression. That was just, I just kind of... Oh, I thought I was watching the hearings. That was just a snooty voice. Yeah, I did. I, I In that scenario in particular, the impression didn't matter. It was more the the. Like this is what a university president would, would respond would sound like. When I saw that, I'm like, okay, here's that, what here's what's obvious here. Okay, what's going on here is obvious. That is so unnerving and bizarre. No, that was it's fucking insane. Yeah, like I've never seen something like that in my entire life. Imagine the question was, you know, in do you is the call for genocide against all blacks? Mm -hmm. Does that he go made against that, that video? Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, I didn't even see it. He literally did. Like, yeah, so imagine, imagine now, if, insert any other word, you would literally be appalled. You'd Correct. be like, what? Now look, if, 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 if these universities had a history of being free speech absolutists in which this stuff happened and they had neo-Nazi rallies on, in, right. in past years, there were calls for genocide against African Americans or Asians or homosexuals, and this just was the way Harvard is. Hey, this is just what we allow to see all right. these ideas. You could make the case that, oh, okay, so this isn't particularly unique. But Harvard ranks last in free speech during the heyday of BLM. You couldn't say a meme yeah. that was offensive and, and, and not get kicked out or being held from admission. Uh, admission. So to see it, so obviously they're making this all of a sudden. It's about nuance it's and so context. Selective. Only so when crazy. it comes to the choose. Not just that. It's just <laughs> crazy. I don't even know how to explain it. The question <laughs> and the answer was just, it was crazy. And, oh, yeah. like that. and then the SNL parody was just... Did you yeah. see that? that you ate, I didn't see it. You, ate, you did it like that? No, I didn't do it like that. I watched that and I'm like, oh my God. They're trying to like make fun make of the fun of, person serious. asking the question. Like she's the one right, that to right. goof on. Yes, I didn't see it. But classic. Yeah, They're yeah, all full of shit. Yeah. This was really, we could talk well, about that Well, it's funny because SNL also got into hot water like two episodes ago. Timothy mm -hmm. Chalamet was, uh, Tisha as I would call him. He yeah. was uh, hosting and in, they had a bit where he named his band Hamas, and they're like, Hamas? That's the worst name. Mm -hmm. And people are like upset. They're like, why are you ripping on Hamas? Why are you ripping on Hamas? So they're like, right. you can't so they win. Did a, but they like, did a of that? so maybe, maybe they're like, they took that backlash and they're like, oh, cr constructive criticism. 
our 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 base seems to not enjoy when we make fun of Hamas. So I guess we could just rip on people who are wondering if genocide I, is okay a wild for Jews. Thing to think that's I, I don't care what <laughs> I don't care what they rip on. First, funny wins. Like and funny, and, and funny, funny, has, funny in decades though. Yeah, right, so funny has their, to be somewhat has to has to have a resonant truth. Has to have a resonant truth to it. I saw one today that was really good. Uh, the writing jokes for each other in front of that civil rights activist. I didn't see it. There was a clip going around. You know, where Michael Che. Oh, the, the weekend oh, update. Oh, yeah, the they, weekend when update. They, when they write each other's jokes. They write each other's yeah. jokes. So they did it and they had like a, an African-American civil rights activist Present. Like, sitting there. She's like, joining us today is poet, <laughs> author, and civil rights activist. I forget her name, sitting there as he reads these horrible racist jokes. Right. And she's like, Oh, and he's like, she's a she's an activist, dude. What are you doing? It was that was funny. No, they have their they have, they their, have moments. their moments, but few and few and far between. Everything please don't few. destroy does is good. I wanna win yeah, 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 they're good. I wanna scroll back a little bit. You mentioned in the beginning that you played right the Elon Gold with Elon Gold, the like Yeshiva guy. Yeah, he just put out sketches. Jay so, Sketch. Can we just go back? How did you grow up? Because I, I don't think we even discussed one second of like Yeah, modern We need to know how many siblings you have. Yeah, yeah. Jewish geography. Just two. Modern Orthodox. Two Where? professional working parents. Englewood, New Jersey. So you grew up non-Jewish. <laughs> um, it was chill. <laughs> time we, out. We ripped toilet paper, you know. <laughs> Damn. I heard that the rush I felt the first time I ripped toilet paper on Shabbat. We were stricter than most, actually. But, you know, there's a lot of dairy, whatever you want, you know. A lot, a lot of Sebastian. A lot of dairy. There's a lot of dairy. <laughs> People eat out pastas and cheese. Whatever you want. I got it. Yeah, um, there's some lights flickering on Shabbos behind the scenes, you know, stuff like whatever. That. What is that, by the way? If it's too hot, you're saying... Private and public. Pro public no, 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 why the more right-wing in Judaism you get, yeah. the more into meat, and the more left-wing, the no. more into dairy. Kashras. What is that? Um, and the better and the better the AC. Kashras. What does that mean? No, he <laughs> means, like, why, why do they eat? Why are they like, into... Like, you'll, like, like, modern people will have a dairy meal on Shabbos. Oh, that's what you're yeah. saying. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, that's not me. that's not modern. Orthodox, what about though? voting for Biden makes you enjoy pasta more than than, than <laughs> no, the uh, I just the, want to understand. I think the dairy. You're right about like the more progressive and left wing. You get modern Orthodox can be right wing or left wing, but most it actually probably leans more. I'd say right center, wing, center right. Center you know, right, I would yeah. say open Orthodox. I mean, now we're getting into the whole thing, but within the context of modern Orthodox, I hear you. The firmer you get, it's like I don't want to do flesh. I don't want to do meat. Well, <laughs> you get you get to the final bosses. Maybe more, them, they've never seen a piece more of vegetarians, more uh, vegans, maybe, and it's like more accommodating. I don't know. You know, dairy accommodating to Jews? Yeah. No, it's not. I, I hear you. I hear you. It it's a, it's a, yeah. I, you, you always know that if it's if it's like a more left of center shul, it's going to be like you're, you're expecting dairy that kiddish. Is, dairy kiddish is coming. Yeah, there I, is one <laughs> silver lining. Dairy kiddish. There. I agree with you. There's, there's ice cream though at dairy kiddish sometimes, and that is a silver lining. I that think I should go lining. a little more yeshivish, a little more man centric. It's like, well, look at what, 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 what that's what it is. What's going to steak? It's a masculine. I only steak. I only It's a masculine. It's a gvir culture also. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's meat, yeah. class, meat. Yeah. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Meat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hear that. Mm. But yeah, I grew up modern Orthodox. And like modern Orthodox, I guess, encompasses Jersey suburbs of, you know, there's Teaneck, which is like observant modern Orthodox, and Englewood, which in my day is observant, but slightly more flexible, depending on places in New York City that are modern. Why do I feel know. like New Jersey's the last place left for modern Orthodox? That's like where all they live. You could say New York City, where too. Uh, where, upper, West side? upper West Side. Listen, upper, East side. upper East Side. Talks about them like they're a zoo. Like, we're yeah, going to get a Paul Moy trip to Teaneck to look at But again, on like the institutional front, it's all the same. It's like observant. You know, yeshiva day school, right. modern Orthodox life, and then depending on the community you're in, the different flavors of how strict people are. On did you grow things. up with like you like know. with American culture, like with the TV? Sure. Watch. So you grew up oh. on comedy. You What's grew up that? on music oh, and yeah, comedy. Yeah, yeah, sure. 
Yeah, yeah I remember was that uh, we were capital M modern orthodox. We ate movies. I mean, I were, were, were you guys ate movies out? What's that? You, you guys, guys ate movies out. We ate movies out. Um, movies, TV, all the everything modern. Yeah, yeah. We were we were playing in that. In why that. use the frumest people go? I said, why say the really? You know, <laughs> why why use the the the, the rightest? Far right. That's what I mean. Yeah, it's just like oh okay. He's, he's not going to Columbia anymore. He got a little more religious. He's going. What to happened? When you, where did you go for college? Berkeley College of Music. That was unusual. Flex on him. That was unusual so, for my community. Yeah, I was so we, one of the only ones. How like did a Jewish one. kid what from a par- What did your parents do? My father is a was a lawyer and he's retired, but you know, tax law. And my mother's a doctor. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that brings me to my question: yes. How does yeah. a modern Orthodox Jew convince his parents? Yeah. yeah, I'm going to Berkeley College of Music, especially two professionals like that. That was a fight. Tell me that wasn't a fight. Not a fight. No, because I, uh, I I think they were always. Like they were always supportive of my like stay. I think as an early at an early age, I had sent you know inclinations creative. to be creative and entertaining and do impressions, and they were just. I think their temperament was just kind. of, They were always kind of into it. They were like having me stand on the table and entertain their friends as a young kid doing impressions of their you friends. Were that kid. So I was that. Did kid. you put on plays for like the family? Shtick, yeah, Shtick, totally, yeah. yeah. I would do all that kind of stuff. My dad's a funny guy, you know. My dad is not like a stiff guy, so he wasn't. You know, he's practical. He's like, um, you know, when you go to Berkeley, you take some music business classes, keep your eye on right. the ball, which is a big ball of cash, you know, <laughs> like keep your eye on it, try to be practical. But they, they were always very, very like emotionally, like very encouraging and supportive of me kind of going all the way with it. And when I was, I, I went to study music professionally and, you know, they had a private teacher teaching me through high school. And that's, that's the thing. Like it is overall, there's a lot of pressure to conform to certain things in, in our world, but, uh. Every once in a while, like, you know, certain parents, they, they were just, they, 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 they appreciated the entertainment value and, right. and all of that and the creative endeavor. So they, they were, they were very supportive. See, supportive Jewish parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, which is unusual. The general community, there were no resources or people to model after. There was still Not that, pr- you still feel the pressure of like, everyone has this caricature idea of show business. Oh, I hear it's a very tough business, but no one's in it. Right. Right, right. I'm like, but I guess everything's I heard it's a tough business. Yeah, no. How are you going to get married? How are you going to do that? I mean, I don't married? know. But nobody's speaking from experience. But at the same, the same time, a, a religious Jewish life is very expensive and hard to do. Like, it takes a long time to like build up over time. And and you didn't go after you know. comedy. You went for music. Music first, yeah. Guitar. I mean, what were you? I'm learning? a bassist and vocalist, and I studied, you know, uh, a little bit of film scoring, music for uh, film and TV. And my first sort of at bat in the game out of school was writing and demoing for commercials and making music. Were for you the only Orthodox Jew in Berkeley? Maybe one of two. There's Israelis and a few other lonely? people, but, uh, in Berkeley it's very lonely. Yeah. It's been Orthodox. And you were in, Orthodox yeah. the whole time. I mean, yeah. you, I'm not trying to yeah, yeah, blast yeah. if you were, but no, no, it's I'd, in Boston. Though, I never so had be... like a nice naughty phase. I so Zach is the straight. type of person he'd be building your own blast right now. If you found out you were religious at a point, <laughs> weren't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. After you right now. No, I didn't get to. I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't have my. Uh, what's it? Rumspring. Rumspring. I didn't have my Rumspringer. Yeah. No, I. Uh, I ate at the Bu Hillel for for kosher food, um, and uh, that was like where most of my social life was at Bu because that's where like the Orthodox kids were. So that's where I was able to hang. I met my wife there. I mean, we knew each other before a little bit, but like that was my social life, and Berkeley was just sort of like professional. Like I'm here, classes. That right, kind of right. thing, but it's lonely because music, socially speaking, you want to be playing with other people, and that was hard to do. When uh, I was probably the least musically productive as a student at Berkeley. Why is that? A lot of the gigs were on Saturday, and just like the the social dynamics of like meeting people and jamming and doing all that stuff. Like if you're putting, if you're eating, you know, at the right. BU like right. meal at the BU Hello House, hanging there on the weekends, 
you're just not going to organically like meet the people you want to meet on the music side. Yeah. So, and you have class and you're just doing it. So it was like, that was a hard time for me, like as a, as an artist and a, a creative. Cause I was like, I don't feel very creative here. I'm just like doing my stuff. And you were there the whole way through. Yeah. yeah four years. That's, I mean, they have like a bat, they have like a proper program where you can get a degree. You have to get a degree. That was the thing. You have to come out with a degree. That's the pressure a little bit of like, you could take classes there if you want. But uh, yeah, so I was there for the full ride of four years. And then the thing is also like in any, any school that's about creative stuff, like it's, it gets very frustrating because you want to, the way to do it is to do it, not to learn right. about doing 100%. it. 100%. You know? Imagine that, a college with a podcast major. It's like, what? I would say you want to learn how to do a podcast? I'd argue by the way that that's about most things in life. Yeah. Like, so I think in any major, you, colleges is epically a waste of time yes. in a lot of ways. So what's the yes. case to go to school then you know, for a creative venture? What is the case? What's the case to go to school? Two, yeah. A couple things. The network that you build of people. At post Being post-Berkeley, the first, some of the, f- the most important steps you take when you first start in any creative endeavor is like those early days when you don't know anybody or anything and you have to... You needed a network though? You're a Jew. In the music, music? business? No, we, we, we run that. <laughs> every, every person in the film we don't. I've ever told uh, um, anybody's asked me like what I do. I'm like, oh, I'm a comedian. They're like, no, like I mean full time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. What's your job? Oh, in the beginning of those early days, it was like, wait a minute, I don't understand why. Like cover band? What are you doing? It's Jewish, Jewish music. No, no, what do you mean? Like what? There's a lot of that. <laughs> like yeah, people yeah. thought you were playing like bar mitzvahs and upsharens. Music. Well, I'd go to these meals in the early days, you know, graduating and everyone's kind of figuring out, talking shop about what they're doing, you know, mergers and acquisitions and all the stuff that I'm like profoundly not interested in and don't know about. But they're like, so what do you do? Oh, I'm, I'm, I was trying a little voiceover work too. It was like, I'm doing some music and some voiceovers. <laughs> <laughs> no follow-up questions. <laughs> huh. Okay. What, what, what is that? Like you, like you sing at weddings? <laughs> like, tr- does not compute. Does not compute. <laughs> Because that's Amazing. the, you know, but, um, Amazing. but, uh, yeah, I think in having a network that you come from the Berkeley, like alumni community was helpful in the early days of just like people who graduated a few years before you and are doing stuff. Like you reach out to them, they take you on a tour of Hans Zimmer studio in LA and oh, really? you start meeting other composers. Cause I was doing composing for, for advertising in the beginning. Um, but have also fundamentals. Any, uh... There are things you learn at school. Like you learn some certain skills that I do have today that are very useful. So, um, we'll talk for a second. So how yeah. did you support yourself coming out of this? When did you get married? Then yeah, I was uh, I was twenty three, uh, right out of college, like summer after college. Great. So how did you support yourself? From so in the beginning, until, thank know. God. Yeah, I told you, like my parents were helpful in like my early days as an intern. Just like I wasn't paid. I was like it was like my grad school year. Where uh, were you interning? I went to uh, like a music house, like a music production house that um, that specialized in music for advertising. So and you were like was, getting coffee or you're like mixing tracks? Oh, I was doing both. In the beginning, you're building, you're repairing cables. You're doing everything that an intern does. But the the benefit was I got to kind of watch real composers yeah, real write for advertising. And then I got to demo on commercials. And the initial demo was like, you know, write music. Hey, hey Ami, here's a 30-second commercial. It has no music in it. Like, wow. make it happen. Have you done any ads that we might know? Oh, yeah. Uh, do you watch commercials anymore? I haven't seen a commercial I mean, in a long time. I happen to think music well, the ones that But after YouTube. a few months, I started getting into a good groove, and I ended up winning their biggest commercial the company had ever had uh, for, like, a San Diego tourism campaign. I wrote, like, a 30-second song, turned it into a full-length song, and got that licensed when you say a song, you mean like it's the mattress professor and all Yeah, yeah. Like those by far. I mean, the fact that not, not even ever- a jingle. This was like what's very big in the commercial world and has been for a long time is sync licensing. Like you write a song that gets used. It sounds like a real song, but it's like used as the vibe of the uh, as the commercial. Like, I mean, that's what that's what like Charlie. Uh, it eight, wasn't like seven seven cars for kids. So you have I, jingles. I, I, I heard a few people yeah. actually 
ended their life with that song. <laughs> right. So <laughs> by just driving their car off the Davenport <laughs> Bridge, doing like sui- a sharp right. Suicide songs were very popular, like early 2000s. Yeah, 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 People yeah, yeah, were really looking for that. Like, so we're looking for someone to end their life to our product. <laughs> we want them on our mattress when they're dead. Um, I would say for years though, like yeah. like the Grammys needs to, there needs to start being music awards mm-hmm. for jingles, dude. Whoever oh, came yeah, up yeah. with like. One eight hundred two eight yeah. two three hundred Empire. That's a that's a banger. They have like that's a award. banger. They have award shows. The PC shows Richardson. Yes. Yeah, 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 that yeah. one from the Yankees. G Wentworth. What? Why are these people not winning Grammys? Oh, my top three right now. Go. Like a, I think JG Wentworth has got to be up there. I mean, that's my pick for Call JG Wentworth. You know those um, old, the old one? Guinness commercials, "Real Men of Genius." Uh, real How's the song? Oh, those are amazing. Those I don't know. I'm watching the Yankee game. Yes. When you listen to the Yankee game as yeah. a kid, they had those. Uh, so, uh, those what's your favorite. pick? What's your pick? What's your what's your all time? Uh, cars for kids, honestly. I mean, cars for kids, especially is crazy. Ura because Ura. Cars no, for kids is dope, yo. Also, Ura, no one even knows. <laughs> no one even knows. Yo, I heard Kanye, I heard Kanye worked on that actually before the whole at that time. No one I, even knows what Ura does. That's the cars, and part. they won't let me see my kids. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey. <laughs> what, what's um, your favorite jingle all time? One that you wrote, probably. Well, the ones that I wrote. No, about. don't, no, no. No, uh, you know. What is the great jingle of all time? Who's your favorite There's comedian? some really great ones. There's some great jingles. Uh, but now I can't think of it. I have been, I'm drawing a blank. Every time I get asked my favorite of something. Right, I can I know, never, hard. ever do it. It's too limiting. Who's your favorite comedian? Um, again, there's so many. Can't nail something. Who's a comedian you like now? That recently, they've been showing me. up on your page. I love like, oh. I love a guy like, a, like I love Jamie Foxx. Um, guys who Jamie? Are, yeah, what That was the left field answer. No, bro. because he's a polymath. Musician, comedian, stand-up, so, acting, all this stuff. He's also oh, a big impersonator. So he does impressions. Yeah, that's you know, true. if you've ever seen early stand-up stuff, like so he's just wildly talented. I'll be honest, I didn't know I, Jamie yeah. did stand-up. He, oh yeah, he, early days he, he no came idea. up as a stand-up. He, that, the, in, no he came up on the Jamie Foxx show. His first big show was the Jamie Foxx show. But all those sitcoms it's were based on my time. were based on stand-ups. Yeah, you know him as an actor. I know uh, him as only I an actor who can do impressions. I did not know he was. a Oh no, yeah, yeah. Early days stand-up. Jim Carrey has his stand-up early days is amazing because I love his bombastic craziness and then. All the guys you, you can think of. I love Bill Burr. Engine. I love Louis C.K., Patrice O'Neill. I mean, there's no favorites. There's just like everybody. You take every, a little bit from each. Yeah, and I like, I really appreciate polymath comedians who do both music and comedy because that sort of speaks to me. Bo Reg, Burnham guy? Bo Burnham and Reggie Watts. Bo Burnham is it's a little just, dark for me yeah. in terms of his, his, his existential. Whole, his angle is very dark, yeah, but yeah. like what he puts together is truly unique. Um, when I saw Reggie Watts doing performances, like just on YouTube, I was like, oh my God. Like that was a changing point for me when I'm like, look what he's doing. You know Reggie Watts at all? I know exactly. He gets on stage and just goes, you know, just does whatever he wants. He's he's absurdist. So I'm not as weird as that, but I was like, look what he can do. He just improvs on stage for an hour. So that was an inspiring like time for me to realize like probably like Mark Rebbe also. Yeah, I love Mark Rebbe. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you this: more on the music side. How did you? So you start? How long were your music for again now? Still in music. I mean, music I developed over time. The path was that I was doing music for commercials. I moved out to L.A. in 2011 and continued working with different music production companies and started getting more steady work, like getting music on on commercials. And then I started a band out in L.A. called Distant Cousins, and we started doing a lot of song licensing. We'd get we'd write songs and get them placed in films, TV, trailers. Like Ooh, yeah, okay. We need like names. Films. We need names. What, what films? What films? What trailers? You what, know the movie what, This Is Where I Leave You? Which yes. is like a yes, yeah, of course. Course. Yes, you know, the final scene of that movie? With like Jason Bateman? And he's driving on the highway? That's the Shiva movie, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, Yo Tropper wrote that I just that watched that. You just did? I just, did like, you like, hear the last song when he's driving? No, I didn't make it to the end of the oh, movie, well, man. You know the writer from that book? That was you? That's us. How does it work? You get paid? I did not know. Yeah, Yo Tropper. He went to Y.U. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jonathan Tropper. Jonathan Tropper. Yeah. We went to the red carpet 
for that. Woo. Met the whole, met the whole, all the peeps. It was Adam cool. Driver, baby. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't really have a full impression, but just no, like, no. come on. And how that how that happened? Like a movie like that. Oh, uh, so when you're in the game of like this, so the music business is also like you know, we're talking about like subdivisions of all these different things. So in the music business, there's like. Um, there are music supervisors who are responsible for placing music in film, TV commercials. The supervisor, That's their whole job. Is just their whole job it. is like, I got to find songs for this movie. I, they work with the director. I just found a dream job. That's my yeah, yeah. dream job. They work with directors. They work with the, uh, or, uh, sometimes at ad, ad agencies and their job is to find songs. Um, and then there's the artist, the bands on the other side making songs. So they're either networking with supervisors directly or they're working with, uh, with like third party licensing companies that rep catalogs for bands and say, Hey, uh, there was a request for a certain type of song. Let's let's pitch this, you know. So we over time, like the you know, the you develop relationships with those relationships, people. and then we were working with a company for a while that was placing us on you know Macy's commercials. And uh, this is where I leave you. A uh, lot of different trailers. We had that same song from This Is Where I Leave You. It was in How to Train Your Dragon three trailer. You, you know what? Yeah, Daddy's Home trailer, all that kind of oh, stuff. Wow. So this was like my grind for a very long time. Wow. Comedy was this other child that I was kind of neglecting. I was funny with my friends and doing doing like shul dinners for as a favor, like imitating the rabbi. And there wasn't really an avenue or an outlet because it was all pre-social media or pre-TikTok, really. I right, mean, social yeah. media was there, but the only way to make stuff for social media back then, it felt, was high resolution, high production, music videos. Right. There wasn't like, like handheld stuff. viral sensation. Yeah. Right. Um, once that came around and TikTok wasn't a household name yet, I started saying, okay, I'm going to take TikTok. This will be my little experiment. I'm just going to like daily, consistently post whatever I want. But it'll, it started as some musical stuff, then some comedy, and impressions were easy to do. It was very quick. You know, uh, you know. Did you not have, have that like initial? Like I know, like when I started comedy, let's say a year and a half ago, the initial yep. like vulnerability of just like putting yourself out there, like just like not with videos. That didn't bother me so much. I'd been playing on stage as a musician for like you right. Know, so I'm saying, a did you not have time. that? You like kind of like bypass that whole thing because you had already done it with music. Yeah, I mean, stand up is not for the faint of heart. That still stings in the very beginning. That's putting yourself out there. But stings videos to me, videos to me, yeah. I think it's a generational thing because people I speak to are a little younger. They're like, yeah, but what if like you get negative comments? I'm like, so what? Who cares? Like right. it's on your phone. Click. Like they're not. It doesn't exist anymore. You turn it, it off. Yeah, what if nobody watches? Like I've, I've spoken to people who are, like younger than me who are like, in, who are scared to post this. It's not good. It's not this. I'm just like, I don't know. Like whatever. So with impressions too, like even in the very beginning, first couple of months, you don't get that much of a reaction because it's just how the algorithm and how that stuff works. But then one day I'm sitting in my car and I tell this like TikTok story and I, I'm throwing up daily impressions of different people. Gilbert Gottfried one day, okay, yeah, you know, whatever it does, that, you know, I'm just doing who I can do. And uh, can so, I get a little more Gilbert Gottfried? A little more. Well, I'm the mislabeled podcast. What is this? Oh, okay. So I threw that one up. Uh, different people, Robert Downey Jr. It's like, okay, well, you know, that's not, that's not what it's really about. You know, like a little bit, you know, just like kind of experimenting, you know. And uh, sure, sure, whatever. Um, and then one day I was sitting in my car. I've seen him freestyle <laughs> for so long before. <laughs> it's trippy. Yeah. You know, like, what, what, uh, just going up. But, you know, apparently a lot of people do the Robert Downey Jr. And I was doing it on my own on TikTok. But whatever. I wasn't the first. Frank Caliendo also does it. It was great. Oh, um, Caliendo. I like Caliendo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's my oh, favorite. Do, do, you do, do you know, are you able to do a good Stephen A? Because Caliendo does it. I think it's Stephen A. So the sports stuff is just completely out, out, you know, out of my wheelhouse because I'm not. I never really follow so closely. Right, right. Um, but he built his career on sports, on like John Madden and Stephen A. Smith. And yeah, yeah. And Charles Barkley, Kelly and hey, yeah, yeah. Stephen he A. Smith. Went, he he built built his his so I, I, I have nothing else beyond that. I, I, love just, I don't consume it enough. You mostly you built your your uh, your impressions. A lot of them are about like, like 
kind of conservative-y, mm. like, like men, like influencers. Like you got yeah. the, um, the money guy. What's his name? Gary? No. no, no. Dave Ramsey? Dave, Dave Ramsey. Ramsey, yeah. That was recent. Dave Ramsey's more of a recent one, but... um. Are these all guys you like, like you're into these guys? Yeah, so it's not like this intentional thing. So I was going to say like the one TikTok thing that changed everything was, uh, was uh, I'm just sitting in my car and I threw up like my phone and I, I, Gary V came across my feed. I'm like, oh, look at that. Can I do a Gary V? That's interesting. Let me try one. I just threw it up in my car and I was just like, I'm just like a 20, 40 year old like complaining that they're not killing it, right? If you want to win, move to Louisiana and start a peanut butter brand, <laughs> right? Like blueberries, but um. I, so I put that up and I was like, that was like like any other video yeah, I had think done. Twice, yeah. Didn't think twice. And then the classic story goes, like people have experienced Pop. this. I was like, you know, looked at my phone, 5K views. I'm like, what? Refreshed, 14K. Refreshed, 20, 50. Yeah. And that was like, whoa. And I had one other video that had done kind of well before that, but like this one got to like half a million by the next day or by the weekend. And then Barstool Sports shared it on their Instagram, to like 7 million followers. And then... It didn't like change everything, but it gave me a little bit of an audience. It right. moved the needle. You could feel the needle kind of move this way. And I'm like, all right, this social media stuff is powerful. Like I, I realized I learned like social media is not the commercial. It's the show. You know, it's not like a promo for yourself. And until then, I'd always used it that way. Like, hey, come check this out. Check out this record. Come to our show here. It's like announcing this, announcing that. And I realized, oh, this is like this is where people are coming yeah. to watch. And it seems so obvious. But once I started doing that, I'm like, OK, um, I'm going to squeeze all the juice out of this Gary I can. Absolutely. I got some advice from some creators early on who were like, who saw the video. They were like, just so you know, like I have some advice for you if you want it. Like really lean into this, like the hit song, the Gary V hit song. So I went, went for that for a while. It took me all the way to VCon. I opened VCon with Gary at the inaugural VCon. Legit? Yeah, on stage. Me, him, and another impersonator, Neiman Naz. And uh, we did oh, the- I know Neiman When was yeah. this? Which VCon? The first one in uh, 20, was it 2021? I think. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I think it was 2021. What is Maybe twenty twenty. I don't know. It's his show. It's we his so we interviewed we interviewed Gary. You yeah, know, yeah. And everyone, ever I've never been asked more than any of the question I've asked been asked about this pod is like, mm. what is Gary V like in person? What is he like in person? Yeah, he's exact. I'm just like he. Yeah, he's exact same. Yep. The dude's riz is on. It's on riz. <laughs> no, he he's, he it, he can get your pants off. <laughs> he's so the charisma. He's it's he it's, it's a cult of personality. Yeah, my pants were off. I prefer to go deep, he, not wide. Take them off. <laughs> People do not know that interview. My pants are off during, on the yeah, table. Yeah. No, he's he's really insane. It's yeah. like you know. Yeah, I mean, he's not as something. He's sometimes more amped up on camera for particular things. But he's what you you know. It's funny when you meet like celebrities. Sometimes you're like, oh, they just felt different in person. They looked different. They were presented he's exactly the exactly same. the same yeah. in a good way. It was very mensch, very much a mensch, yeah. very down with the shtick. Totally. Uh, we wrote that. I wrote this like opening bit for the Vcon thing, and we performed it, and then he came out in the end, and like we came out as two. Was he like? Is he like a perfectionist? Like, was he watching over like what you were gonna do? Like, kind of. Micromanaging? No, but he did say, I, I may steal your flow. Like, I may crash the whole bit. Like, when we came, the whole thing was, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Gary Vee. And like, first Nemo comes out. And so it's obvious, like, it's not Gary Vee. And then he's like, I'm just so, I'm, I'm just so like stoked to be the only real authentic Gary Vee. And then I come out, hold on one second. Here we go. And then there's two of us. You know, in the very end, the final finale is Gary comes out. And uh, I'm like, daddy's home. You know? <laughs> Have you um, met celebrities that did not, that were very different? Like I'm trying to imagine when I like meeting like Donald Trump. He's like, "Hey, what's up, man?" <laughs> that he was mellow. What's up, dude? He's like, "I love immigrants." What do you, you, <laughs> you listen to? In person? Olivia Rodrigo. She's really good. Uh, like, I'm sure he's exactly the same in person, though. I would imagine he's the same. Like, he, yeah, he that's not something you could fake. You know, like, from yeah. what I've heard, I, I, if he is not like that in person, then Donald Trump deserves every. He deserves an Emmy. Well, I'll tell you Oscar. what, folks. What he you is. think he's not? I think totally. He's exactly. I think he's just totally the same. I can't turn it off. 
Can't turn it off. It's terrific. Love the orange sign by the same color as my hair. It's fantastic. <laughs> Who do you think has the best Donald Trump impersonation? Oh, it's not. It's not a question, you. Shane Gills. Oh, you yeah. think? No. Are you going to disagree? Um, there's a range of people who do it really well. The cool thing about Donald Trump impressions is there's a, like there's, sometimes there's an impression of somebody where everyone is close and one person's the best. There's a lot of different impressions of Donald Trump. Some people are more like, uh, more about the hands and the gesture. Well, I'll tell you what, folks. It's, uh, a lot it's of Jews in here. A lot, a lot of Jews. A lot of Jews. Total disaster. Um, a friend of mine, uh, Jason Scoop, showed me the lip thing where it was like. Like the tremor. Yeah, yeah. it's just like. So there's the lips. Uh, Matt Friend, uh, who I know, is like uh, uh, does it really well. You know, you've seen him around. Matt Friend. He's hey, a dog. Right. I'll tell you, he's a dog. You know, you, you know I'll tell you what. But Matt's. Uh, you have a horse wife. You yeah. know, who I like a lot. There's this guy. Shane's great. There's the guy. The guy in SNL who does it as well. I actually, do. I've loved like Gil is my favorite comedian, yeah. but I think it's a unique Trump impersonation. Like it's not like as true to life. He just yeah. like. It's not so much the cadence, it's the, it's the content. It's the content. Like, yeah. the, he invented the this idea of awesome. describing Sorry. something and saying you described it well. That was, like, Shane Gillis's, like, big chiddish That's thing. what, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you walk in a room guy? and you, you just say what is in sure. the room. You I go, love this guy. This yeah. guy's great. Austin Nass. I'll give him a shout-out. He help. does a lot of the, ooh, uh, ooh you know, <laughs> no, a lot of this, he, a lot of that. This Tony Robbins impression yeah. is Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I walked into this show. I saw a lot of Jews. That no one is a bigger fan of the Jews than me. A lot of kind. Never would have happened. I said, "Baby, what are you doing, baby?" I told him. I told him. So I was telling Zach. Never would have happened. I was telling Zach before the show. I said, regardless of where you stand on yeah. like the political spectrum, if you're a stand-up comedian, yeah, you want Trump to win re-election. Like you 100%. need you need the content right now. Like I do not believe there's a even if you're a social, even if you hate him. You need him. Yeah. If you're well, needed. Trump impressions are funny to <laughs> Trump detractors and Trump supporters. That's what's fun about it. Right. Yeah. People who love Trump love a good Trump. People who hate Trump say, oh, what a clown. What an idiot. Look. So they love seeing that. Uh, sometimes they can't even bear to hear it, but the, the people who can't stand him. But the, uh, you know, I've heard like the, the, the issue is that Trump is like funny also. So it's hard to. It's hard to find the funny. He's doing tight fives during these right. debates. You know He's what I'm saying? So, uh, guys, I think like Trey Parker and Matt Stone talked about how actually it's 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 harder with Trump to find the funny because like he himself is entertaining and is a showbiz guy, like comes from show business. But you well, know like, what I mean? So like, meaning the show is Trump, not the parody. Yeah, I'm not even talking about like you don't need an impersonation, like the content wise. Like like comedy died with Biden. In, in terms of like political comedy, um, there's no, still just Trump yeah, but it was also impossible to like. In a, a lot of other things, died when Trump was president. I'm making the case for or against, but when he was president, it was just it was tiresome. It was like the only thing anyone could even talk about, not joke about, right. talk about was in relation to him. So it kind of just like just you know <laughs> layers over everything. And I found that I don't know, like the challenge, the the fun challenge of rising to the occasion comedically is to find the funny. And when Trump himself is providing all the entertainment, it sort of sucks the energy out of the room. I'm not saying you can't do it. But even but when he's providing the entertainment, he happens to be Biden is, he's almost a clown. He's still the butt of the joke. Even when he he's could being be. I, 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 yeah. I think people underestimate. I think he knows more what he's doing than the, than the people who will say he's a clown. Oh, I agree you know? with you, but that's not the point, but it's still hilarious. I mean, you can still joke yeah. about whatever he's... No, but what he's saying is that the point is like oh, what a stand-up comedian does is takes a regular day situation yeah. right. and like yeah. brings the joke out, but yeah. here it's not hidden. So like there's the, the work's done. What I'm it. saying is like the entertainment has already happened. Right, right, of course. You're not right. going like with Obama, you got to kind of find like Obama right. talking dirty, but Trump already talks dirty. <laughs> right. So dirty talk Obama would be great. Oh, look at that ass. Fine ass. Love, love, love that. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we can. Um, but Trump already has a funny speech. Yeah. You know, he, he would say, look at that ass, great ass. He would say that. 
<laughs> Not the comedian. I know it's laughing at that. They're like, that, like that. We love there. Ash. I oh, love Ash. Nice. I'm a boob guy too. Ivanka? Yeah, Ivanka, so hot, so hot. Now that's something that a normal president would never say, <laughs> and a comedian would say. Well, imagine, oh, love that, great, love my, you know, like j- jokes about my family, whatever, whatever you're gonna say, like Ivanka, Ivanka, so hot, so hot. I would do it. I would do it. Yes, I would. Yes, I would. But Trump actually would. He actually does, <laughs> or says that. So you're like, oh man, where, where do he- I go from here? I think he serious goes Trump is nuts. funnier, you know. Right. <laughs> right. Serious, serious, like you know, Trump delivery. Totally unacceptable language. We need a comma. So maybe a, that's a where there a lot of it was. When you got to find out how to balance it. You got to like you got to zig and zag. Can you, you can know? you do Trump right now saying like something he would never say? Like say something like a like a leftist talking point. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Like um, Trump. I, my name is Donald Trump. I go by they them. <laughs> Donald Trump. He him. Please don't don't misgender me. That's disgusting. That's terrible. We need a bigger government. You just misgendered me. That's disgusting. Terrible. Get him out. Get him out of here. He called me a he. Don't make assumptions. I have orange hair, but I have uh, other parts. <laughs> so many parts. So many parts. Different genders, different days. Very fluid. So fluid. So fun. fluid. Uh, so fluid. Free Palestines. Free. We got to free them. It's terrible. It's terrible what Israel's doing. We got to free them from the river to the sea. It's a beautiful sea. I'm going to put some Trump, uh, Trump uh, Doral right on the Gaza beach. It's going to be so beautiful. That's great. Keep going. Keep going. Don't do not stop. You're going to keep going. What things Trump would never say. Oh, what else? What else? What else? Raise those taxes. These wealthy people, they're out of control. It's just, it's disgusting. It's, it's, it's disgusting. Uh, Trump will never say. I'm trying to think of some other things. Wait, did you see? Resistance by any means necessary, folks. (laughs) This is his actual official statement that he gave the spectator on... uh, Joe Biden, great president. On October 7th. (laughs) Just Justin, Donald Trump says, there is no... Can you do it in the voice? Do it in the voice. What's this? This is his actual statement after October 7th. Donald Donald Trump says... Oh boy, here we go. Let's get in trouble here. There's no hatred like the Palestinian hatred of Israel and the Jewish people. And probably the other way around also, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Before adding, oh, I said, before, okay. And probably the other way around also, sometimes you have to let things play out and you have to see where it ends. That's yes. an official statement. He almost had me, and then you're like, oh, God, there you go. There you go. It went rogue. It's the greatest non-statement yeah. of all time. The Holocaust never happened. Never happened. Oh, maybe things, it did. Things, I don't know. Things Trump would never say. Things Trump would never say. Anyways, yeah. Hillary Clinton, so hot, so beautiful. Things Trump would never say. I think that's things no one would ever say. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I'll resent one that. This might be a new character. <laughs> this guy, he has... That is very good. I might use that I want Trump stage. just to win. Forget about it. I mean, I want to win for You also want him to win. Come on. No, I do. But I'm yeah. saying for a lot of but I'm saying I actually... Oh, label wiener wants... Is it Trump or who no. would have thought? Wow. The real, no, wow. The real, the real yeah. reason... That's well, honestly, shock. if there's a more normal candidate, then I would be fine with someone else winning. Yeah, you love Trump. He would vote for himself. No, label has been critical of Trump in the past. A little bit, but we... Come on. No, again, against Biden and against the super, like... Like I would well, rather he's, he's uh, too much fun. I'd rather conservative Democrat. Look, than he'd rather him than Trump. a lizard Jew. And he's, correct. he's he's entertainment. <laughs> he's reality TV every single day. What do you yeah. mean for seven straight years? Yeah. I was hooked. Right. It was that was what, the, what turned you. What were your moments where you were like, oh come on? Where were your red lines there? I mean January sixth for sure. That whole saga. Like after after he yeah. lost the election and things, I was just like, like right. at a certain point, like you took it to the courts, or whatever. I was like, again, you got, it, it's a it's a. 
It's a double-edged sword. I'll tell you why. Mm. Trump wins because he has a policy of never, ever giving up. Mm -hmm. And he could have, if he didn't have that policy, he would have been out long before when it was grabbing by the, grabber by the whatever. Mm -hmm. He would have been out. He would have given up a million times. What? No, I'm just kidding. He would have <laughs> given up a million times prior to every, he would That's something I would say. Yeah. <laughs> he never would have made it to the presidency to begin with. So it's kind of like hard to like, Fight both both of those things. Well, now, the, the, where where all the Trump critics get it wrong is that they criticize him from the perspective of he's so not presidential, and I'm like, yeah, I know. That's, that's why people, why people like yeah, find appealing yeah, about him. He's yeah. a junkyard dog. So you can't reinforce this idea that that what's wrong with him is what people find appealing about him. Saying they wouldn't like. There him. are other reasons yeah. to criticize him, and I, I think I yes, think, you're right. I think it was like not attending. The uh, inauguration yeah, yeah, of yeah, Biden. Petty, petty. There are certain basic fundamental yeah, 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 principles petty. that are very important to the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you gotta, you, yeah, you know, I you think he's. I, I just think he has no ideology. I think he's like so transparently yeah. right. He's yeah. so transparently like, like okay. For, for example, that uh, you know this Argentinian guy who's like insane, yeah, Javier yeah, Millet. Who, by the way, too. you gotta be working on that. That's gotta be coming up in the chamber. <laughs> 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 he's be a Jew. He's amazing. Yeah. So people are calling him like Argentina's Trump, but he's like a, a tried and true libertarian. Yes, yes, yes. And with like a, with like a he's staunch weird. ideology, and he was a professor of economics. Mm -hmm. Trump has no ideology. Correct. He's clearly just like, yeah, whatever's going to get him in power. Like I, whatever. I would say that like, you know, when I talk to people who like can't understand it, it's like, imagine uh, the record as president is one thing. You're right. He doesn't really have an ideology. But for conservatives, I think it was like, hey, you know, he as yeah. the, once he had a presidential record, People like Ben Shapiro, are like I can vote for him right. again because I've seen how he implement what how Trump implementation goes. Like it, it runs pretty conservative. Wasn't Shapiro and, a never Trumper in well, the beginning? Oh, he, he called him a steaming pile of human garbage. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, he steaming did. pile of human garbage. Absolutely, absolute trash. Like the idea that the idea that um, um, I don't do that much Shapiro, but yeah, in the beginning, totally, and I kind of get it. You're right. Like also free trade. His stuff on trade is not typically you know uh, a traditional conservative. You know. Uh, 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 position, but I happen to think, by the way, yeah. if if, Jan if he laid off on January sixth, I, I think his position, I, I think his odds of winning this, I mean, there's right now. By the way, he's no, uh, yeah, the, the favorite. He's the Not that I give a damn about yeah. polls because right. after that, they're yeah. wrong about him to begin right. with. But just the idea is, I think if, if January sixth, I still think you could like, in a certain way, reasonably say like, you know, something like, yeah, the the, the, the you may not like him, but Trump's, like, Trump's worst moments are when you like need the symbolic. Um, president, president, to yeah. just be that person, a normal guy Forget for five minutes. You can argue about policy all day and temperament, but when you actually need a person to be like stable and turn it off, he wasn't really. Excuse me, he's a very stable genius. He stable has made that genius. very clear. When COVID happened, that in the very, very beginning of COVID, I'm trying to say every buzzword to get us flagged, but um, in the very beginning, <laughs> I've when, when everyone was legitimately scared, everybody, like everybody in like March of 2020, yeah. was like, okay, what's going on? You know, before. We all started disagreeing about stuff, and I, you know, it all went to. Before it became nothing out. about COVID, that boy. <laughs> well, before we're like, okay, no one's dying. That I mean, I like post the initial thing, no kids right, right, are dying. Right. No, like, well, but, yeah. well, put your thinking caps on. Um, right, um, grandma died not, already. No, not no one's dying of COVID, but you know, you know what I mean. Like it, it wasn't uh, when it was the, when the percentages came out. We're, we're on the but same before page, that, right? everyone was worried, and Trump got up and said, "We're building a website. It's better than other websites." And it's like, no. Trying to diss like Obama's healthcare website. It's like you want like a unifier in chief in that moment. Crisis. You need a guy yeah. to make every, to settle everyone's nerves and speak about what they're going to do. And he, he kind of couldn't turn off. He the would turn someone Trump. sending a nuke into U.S. soil 
as like I told you, Obama sucks. Like he fireworks, here we go. He, like he, yeah, he does not know how to unify. He only knows how to. Or you ever see points. that? And it was up? the same thing in post uh, October seventh. I was like, this is the easiest softball in the world. He and his like the first clips no of God. Trump were like, I told him. I said, what are you doing, baby? Never would have happened if I was president. I'm like, yo. It's like two days after this thing. Like, he's be a, a human. So I mean, yes and no, because I don't agree with that fully because he what? said the same thing about Ukraine. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Well, it's he not said like, that never would have happened if I was yeah. president kind of and thing. And he's probably right, by the way, on both accounts, in my opinion, honestly, because both are probably true. Yes, but one could probably. argue that the, the but whether or not what right happened, and again, and again, though, the one could just argue, and I'm not trying to like, I mean, I guess I am comparing that the, what happened in Israel, in a sense, the U.S., Israel relationship goes has gone historically much deeper and there's much more connective tissue in a sense of like and, and it was much more like visibly brutal and barbaric um, than what happened in Ukraine initially was this like uh, gradual now not gradual like you can condemn it oh my god a foreign country invaded a foreign country but it was more n like in the form of news we were watching it in terms of like the traditional news as like bypassers yeah like oh my god what happened Russia invaded Ukraine that's crazy but it just wasn't as front and center and visceral bystanders bystanders sorry no, October 7th yeah as an event I think is almost uniquely savage and barbaric in what we could see in front of with, right, with I'm our not, very I'm eyes. not disagreeing with that. Yeah. yeah. So for Trump, for 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 but Trump, I don't see why this saying that statement is the craziest. I mean, some people. Disagree so for Trump, to, who has Jewish grandchildren and a lot of people who are and have and and, and the U.S. Israel relationship just has a okay, but wait, specific wait, wait, unique closeness. You would expect him right, to be a little I'm more restrained. I'm, I'm, let me push back for a second though, because yeah. he did not come out nearly strong enough against like Charleston, like the, the neo-Nazis who were marching. Yeah, I'll push back on that yeah, that too. was bullshit. He that did. entire thing is a bunch of bullshit. He if did, he, he did. Thing. He said, find people in those sense. I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis right. and the and white supremacists. They should be condemned totally. Right. If you just watch the clip, that's what happened There's nothing there. wrong with that And statement. CNN went, clip. Exactly. And you know what? I, I know what I'm I'm got I never saw the full thing I yeah. saw the CNN. Yeah, you know why? I saw the CNN they didn't want you to. It's the most famous bunch of BS. Of that time. whole B yeah, and the whole thing was like you know everyone's like anti-Semitism on the rise, anti-Semitism on the rise, and I'm the last person to dis disagree with that now. But it's not the tiki torch Charleston people I was so worried about post October seventh. It was Harvard, the universities yeah. across the UK. It was this yeah. stuff, and now yeah. and I will say then pushing back on myself on that, like then I started to see this rise of like anti-Israel, anti-Semitic, like far right stuff. Oh, they control our foreign policy. These Jews, they're wait, powerful. Wait, wait. They, they, that existed for a very long time. What's that? The, the far right stuff exists for a long time. But, I think. But what happened, here's the wait, wait, let me finish. Yeah. What happened on October seventh was that even more lefty leaning Jews like such as myself such as mm -hmm. millions of Jews in America yeah. started to feel a little bit abandoned by the left because the far right that has been like a well documented thing like there have been pockets daily storming you know like yeah. pockets of 4chan Fuentes for age Fuentes for yeah. ages and ages Rumble TVs filled with people that have thought that Jews were, were, were controlling American politics and all this you know right. elder design stuff October 7th was like oh now we're seeing on the left the people that were supposed to be so anti here's the but, difference but to of why say that like oh I'm surprised at the far right what happened after no no I'm not surprised October 7th. I'm not surprised that that's there but it was always much more fringe and much more marginal it, and way not, more fringe and not ascendant in the culture what we're seeing in the anti-semitic left are the bastions of liberalism yeah, and intelligentsia absurd. media corporate America it's everywhere and it's these people who are standing in solidarity with people who have genocidal intentions towards Jews in the parts of the culture that are not underground white supremacist right. co corners. I mean, that's the difference, the, by the that way. I'm like, that's this is much more it terrifying. It is interesting to say that, though, because, yes, there have been people in the media who have been, like, clearly, we've, we've all seen the all clips, same yeah. clips, 
but like the U.S. government is still sending billions of dollars mm -hmm. to Israel. Mm -hmm. So it's like the establishment is still like backing Israel. Yeah, at the governmental level, sure. At the cultural level, yeah. the left and uh, and the and There's where so you see it yeah. in media, it's the same stuff as the intersectional uh, group identity. Uh, uh, ideas of the woke that have sort of poisoned this idea of looking at everybody in terms of like race being much more a front and center as the as as paramount as the most important identifier in people. I've seen it much more there, and it's it's on Disney Plus. There's no white supremacist sympathizing right. Disney Plus uh, cartoons right. for kids, but there's plenty of the worst ideas of the left all over. But are the worst uh, ideas of the left as bad as the worst ideas of the right? I think so. Sure. Okay, yeah. that, that's a strong statement. That's a yeah, strong yeah, I statement. think the worst ideas of the left are, I think are bad reducing people to groups that can be slaughtered if we do deem them oppressors. So that's just that. But the real that's how Israel is being justified. The, the, that's how October 7th is justified on the left. Colonizers. This is a resistance. The worst uh, crimes against humanity in the 20th century in, 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 you know, in the Soviet Union came from this idea of, you know, Grouping people into these groups where they're they're just numbers and we can destroy them because we have deemed them villains by nature of their of their group identity. You're saying that both the far left and the far right, you were finding people that mm -hmm. are turning they're doing the age old trick of turning Jews into a problem mm -hmm. and therefore deserving of. They're doing it all for different reasons. They all agree though that they're a problem. I mean, the uh, radical right is doing it because Jews are non-whites who are. Uh, well, they think who are we're, liberals yes. coming into our country and, and making immigrants come in and, and enforcing liberal policies. We're and making doing all the frogs gay. <laughs> that's the far... Hey, you're making the frogs gay. Um, but, uh, can you do Alex and, Jones? And, of course I, I can do Alex Jones. What are you talking about? What? He just triggered my... Oh, my God. On the far right, it exists. But I don't know. He's actually been pretty good on Israel recently. Very recently. Um, but anyway. But on the far the left, they're saying Jews are white colonizer oppressors and we can destroy right. the men, their men women and children in the name of resistance the by any means is, is, is that not though a and tiny faction a tiny faction of the left no. hell no, no, no not at all. look no. at the streets of the uk for, and, and then there's the islamist anti-semitism which is Yahoo no that's a different kill thing them all. that's a different and, but they thing. all agree Get rid of the Jews. Yeah, you understand tiny, the president of MIT, you pet, I mean, do you not see that? Yeah. Those are the presidents of the three most prestigious colleges, colleges arguably in the and, world. And I'm not saying which idea is worse Bro. or not. I'm saying which idea is resonant and accepted and tolerated. Right, accepted. You right, can get on right. Twitter tomorrow and say, kill all white people. Right. And they're like, cool. You can say that on Twitter. Well, I think for me, what's been the scariest thing. And that's, a, that's an idea of the woke left. I think that's, yeah. a, very, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. But I think what's so fascinating slash extremely terrifying is what you said would have been true is is still true to a certain extent, which is that the the far left Jew hating mm -hmm. is the one that like gets like more cultural purchase. It's mm -hmm. more like you can you can have yeah. it on SNL, right? Mm -hmm. And the far right stuff was always for years and years and years in America, mm -hmm. mostly you know divorced guys in their trucks, you yeah. know, going on, on on making live streams to to sure. you know 4chan. And now Twitter is such a fucking cesspit mm -hmm. of like. Like just the wildest stuff I've ever seen in my entire life, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's these these accounts do not have thirty thousand followers; they have three hundred thousand followers. Yeah, I think that's like the Kanye effect because I, I ironically, Kanye? ironically Kanye, I you know when Kanye said all that stuff, I think for watching him, it seemed like it came from a place of mental illness and breakdown, and a lot of it was incoherent. Uh, it came from a place of genius. Okay, he's oh, a genius. Interesting, <laughs> stable genius. Um, but but what it allowed, what, what was disturbing about it was how many people were like, Kanye's speaking truth here. I mean, Kanye has the overture window of what you can say about Jews and get away with yeah. it. He's going to drop an album he's, and they'll be like, you know what? 
like hate against Jews is 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 not the it's not the as best thing. Super it's the Michael Jackson effect writ large. But which we is can what? take it. He t- definitely touch those kids, but god damn it slaps. <laughs> and this is just it's writ not just large. The, yeah, but the people not just because people like the music and they're willing to forgive it. They're just willing to forgive anti-Semitism. It's right. just yeah. like yeah. we can say these things, and I think it's because people be fair, people be, perceive Jews as powerful, impactful, influential, and therefore we can say what we and it's specifically. To be fair, when it comes to Kanye, at the very yeah. least, they were also very willing to. He was also saying anti-black stuff for a long time. Mm-hmm. So like there is this. There is like a rising, uh, I think that I, I, I follow a lot of like intelligent blogger type people who are all mm. saying the same thing. There is such a wave of anti-wokeness that is about to hit. These yeah. people are so sick and tired of being told sure. not to do, which is, that is a good thing. Like we sh- there is, we have swung too much into censorship, but what is coming is going to mm. be, you become a hero for saying things like Kanye. So he didn't get blasted for saying crazy anti-black stuff. Slavery was not that's real. because he's black. If he was that a white true. dude saying that, that gone in a second. Anyways, hold on a second. I saw you, by the way, respect to you. I know how hard it is to get big guests. Yeah. You've gotten some very respectable guests. Some guests. It, it, Professor Galloway. And, yeah. and not that I'm someone that needs anyone's uh, approval, but I, mm. I'm, I'm quite impressed. I, I got to say. needs people's approval. So let's say, what was that? <laughs> Candace, uh, what's she like? <laughs> First of all, did you speak to her? Was it in person? Uh, no, that was, was, on, it, right? was a virtual. I mean, it was like, uh, you know, how they do it, Skype. Oh, was well, she like pre-pod? Was she just like shooting the shit? Like, how are your kids? Um, yeah, look, Candace and I had, you know, it's funny. Like, after that uh, conversation, I think people very much framed it as like, uh, you know, a debate that I wanted me to take the win. And it wasn't set up that way. I'd say to her credit, the way it happened was because she was a fan of the comedy stuff. She had reviewed some Prince Harry videos I had done like a year before. Um, and so like we had like DM exchange. I'm going to share this on my thing. And she like did a review of, uh, of, of a Prince Harry stuff, but I had been critical of her also online in the Kanye thing where I, for the same, for the same exact reason that we ended up having the conversation, my initial issue with Candace was, you know, being so against quote cancel culture. And it's perfectly valid to call out when, you see cries of fake racism where it doesn't exist. But that doesn't mean when you see racism or anti-Semitism where it does exist, right. you ignore it or pretend it's not there. Right. Or try to say, well, Kanye said Def Country and Jews. What did he mean by that? And I think she was confusing one personal friendships with him and just a, a lens by which to view the world as I never cancel anybody and censorship right. is always bad. It's like, well, look, censorship is bad and cancel culture is bad insofar as people are joking it's around. Like freedom of speech concept. Yes. And insofar, like speech is, insofar yeah. as we're taking people a good faith as to what they're saying as not really racist and looking for fake racism. Right. But real racism is bad. Right. We're allowed to say that. That's not, And I think to right. try to signal to sort of the conservative tribe, people get caught up in their confirmation bias and their audience capture where you're like, I can't say that because lest I sound like a liberal. Right. And it's like, that's ridiculous. What like, did she say to that? So in the context of our recent conversation, she re, you know, she was talking about Israel stuff and we saw certain tweets about, you know, genocide is wrong no matter what government does. And in the context of Israel, that seemed like a very odd, bizarre tweet. And then the final straw for me was that she retweeted the Queen of Jordan's video. Yes. uh, Saying Jewish people are weaponizing anti-Semitism to silence people into compliance. And she wrote full on, I completely agree with that, with the Queen of Jordan, that Jewish people are silence people into compliance. And I wrote back something like a very firm tweet and thorough tweet like, um, you know, the only weaponization happening here is actual weapons pointed at Jews. In Israel. And, I, and I kind of pointed out this double standard of like, you know, um, when you criticize people and, and, and people like respond to you, um, you're perfectly able to defend yourself in making and being critical of something or calling something out. 
but when we do it as Jews and calling something out, like you're saying, we're weaponizing. I mean, you see how right. that's the same exact. You're not. You're not even holding to your own principle here. Um, we're calling it out. And then in the in the response to that, she DM me saying, "Let's let's talk." And she invited me on like within a half hour, a couple hours later, okay, I was on the nice. show and we were talking. And it was like a conversation, you know, like. And I think it, what it was revealed to me was that she didn't necessarily wasn't close to this issue as she admitted. And therefore didn't know a lot about it. So I think a lot of her statements, maybe she wasn't aware. What to was the extent. statement where she literally said that the fact that there's four quarters, there's only the Muslim. What? In our conversation. That was your conversation? In our conversation. The stupidest she, thing I've heard. But Why saying stupid? hundred percent. But people are allowed to not, like everyone has. No, everyone, not people, when you have four million followers and you're making statements like issue. that. That's the issue. So you're not allowed to not know. Everyone's allowed to not know things. And that's perfectly okay. But yes, then you shouldn't try to speak with authority about very delicate right. subjects. And then right. she go publicly um, and on her tweet and go say something else. Or no, but everyone no. forgets. Like if you watch the whole conversation, it did reveal in that moment that she had a misunderstanding. And at the end of that segment, she said, okay, maybe I misunderstood that. Well, that's great. That's very impressive. So, that she so admitted- I'm just saying that's the real victory in a conversation, not... Look what you didn't know about something. I, of course. And I think what really... Obviously, I'm not... I, yeah, yeah and I, I just think what was really effective, I think, in the conversation, one was keeping it civil, but also most of my most of my like counterpoints to her questions were from conservative premises, not... She was trying to, like, I think, at some points, assume maybe... That you were... That something. I would... That was coming at this... I think she had a misunderstanding of current... Uh, call, calling out of anti-Semitism and current defense of Israel as if it's the same as maybe when the ADL would do it. Right. And that was sort of a left-wing tactic to shut people right. down. Now, I, in the, I, at the onset of the conversation, I said, like, I'll tell you what you want. Like, it has been the case that at times, like, the Jewish community and member and, and organizations like the ADL have called out anti-Semitism or, or thrown that label around too loosely where right. it doesn't exist. That doesn't mean where it does exist so obviously we don't call it out. It's like two wrongs uh, don't make I, a I'm right I'm not here. saying the point of the conversation, just to clarify before, was yeah. to, like, say I got you or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. I'm just saying that... It did the point of the that. conversation is that if it came out like you're saying, like that she said, like clearly I don't know that much about this. Like yeah. you have a huge responsibility, obviously, when you have four million followers. Yeah. If you're as honest as she, you know, as she purports herself, so to speak, to be, and mm-hmm. I'm not even anti-Candace, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying she was saying things that are basic, basic things that she didn't know. Yeah. So if you're gonna go see that and then have a conversation and it comes out you're wrong, you gotta at least go back, either delete the tweet, go back on Twitter and she say didn't I was wrong. tweet that. She just said it to me in the conversation about the four quarters and stuff like that. She that's not something she has put out as a statement. I'm saying um, she clearly said, and it's obvious from your conversation that yeah. she doesn't know what the hell she's talking about <laughs> on a very primitive level. So if that's the case, then it behooves you as an honest person mm-hmm. to go back to your Twitter either delete the tweet or go back on and say, I actually don't know what the flying fuck I'm talking about because I <laughs> well, thought- like, Yeah, yeah, that'd be asking a lot of someone to do that in that exact way. Hey, everybody. I mean, people change their minds gradually and incrementally over time. No, that's not changing time. your mind. Hold on. That's not changing your mind. She didn't right, that's know. Facts the most that you didn't fundamental know thing about the Jewish quarter and the Muslim. What you- no, if she had tweeted, the Muslims are only allowed to live in the Muslim quarter in, in the old city. Isn't that crazy? You'd be right. But there wasn't anything that precise, I don't okay, think. I think it was the evolution of things. And I think okay. there was a moment in the conversation when she said, like, uh, I was just talking about genocide because genocide is just wrong no matter what government is. And I just sort of asked her, like, did you really not realize, like, the slander of the word genocide thrown at Israel? And, you know, I, when you take people in good faith, she said, like, oh, I was just responding to this thing, to this, uh, you know, genocidal language I was hearing by yeah, a, but she a was Yeah, li- she was lying about yeah, that. Yeah, like, <laughs> she, she absolutely knew I don't what like, was I going on. I used to on like Candace. I realized more and more. First of all, yeah, I realized more and more she's... What did you think about it? It's uh, hard to say. In the conversation itself, I will say in real time, I was like, you know, if somebody isn't isn't really engaged with the issue and doesn't really follow that closely, 
and they're watching from an outsider's perspective. I have no idea what the uh, word genocide. If you Google genocide, no, no, she knows what the word means. No, I understand, but that yeah. doesn't understand the context in which it was being thrown around. In, or that, in she's, that particular, I week. think the conversation yeah. of anything revealed an insensitivity and a real lack of awareness of Jewish history of persecution. Forget persecution, and, and and the Israel conflict in general as it currently stands. A real lack of awareness of a lot of it. And even when she said like, "Well, Jews are doing well," when I sort of said like. You know, we have to call it out when we see it because, you know, right, Germany, that's such a and I made a thing to about Germany, but we moved past that pretty quickly. But it just revealed to me like a, a certain look, you with someone's like showing you a well, mirror Jews, of what they are. Well. And when she said that, I said like, oh, OK, so I think there's like a certain lack of awareness of, yeah, you're Jews for a generation doing well. But I don't think I don't think you're sensitive or as aware of the decades, hundreds, thousands year long repeated persecution of Jews throughout history that has happened. Trauma. Yeah, and like maybe you don't expect someone to really necessarily Honestly, understand we, that the way the way we do. We really do, as, as yeah. Jews, like I think because like we, we grew up with, literally I can't, all of us were told a thousand times mm -hmm. growing up. It's, it's uh, until it's coming out of our ears that we've been persecuted. Yeah. But we can't always expect, I'm not giving, laying her off, like mm -hmm. if you have four million followers, yeah. you better know what you're talking about. I'm saying your average non-Jew we can't expect them to understand what what it's like to be a Jew and our history. Why do they? I don't yeah. know Indian people's history. Yeah. I don't know the. I don't know what's oh, been going I, on. And I will I'll tell you why. Not that I don't agree with your point. I hear one hundred percent what you're saying. But like, let's say you're talking to a bunch of Armenians. You know about the Armenian genocide. It's I, like I, I don't. Do you know about Iraq? You know about the concept. The concept that I'm bringing. Out I've is, heard of it. You yeah. know about the Holocaust. And if you have any knowledge about the Holocaust, it's a famous thing. Jews have always been persecuted. Yeah. Six million were killed. It's, it's a very clear, obvious thing. You don't have to know. 2,000 years of Jewish history and all the pogroms and crusades that, that happened been, yeah. to know that the Jewish people have always been persecuted. But you wouldn't also comment on it if right. things flared up. You wouldn't, get, you wouldn't take to Twitter. Right. And what she made the mistake of doing is kind of loosely taking to Twitter about, a, a, I wouldn't start, even if I knew that there was an Armenian genocide and this happened, if all of a sudden there were recent tensions flaring up between Armenians and Turks, yeah. I wouldn't then say like, I wouldn't start giving my takes on it's it. Right, 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 and I get right. it. So that's the fair critique. Right, but I will say in the face of ignorance, you have two choices. You can scream at it or you can engage with it. Mm -hmm. I think ignorance is easier to fix than hate. And calling people the same thing, calling Richard Spencer and Nick Fuentes the same thing as you would call a Candace Owens or a Whoopi Goldberg is a bad move. Well you know? I don't think it's as well ignorant. Said. I agree with you. You know, Whoopi Goldberg was saying, but oh I, my God, what an anti-Semite, because she didn't know that, she, she made a stupid comment about the Holocaust. I agree with well, you. What's not about race? It depends who it is. For someone like Candace, <laughs> I don't think it's ignorance. It's not ignorance. For Whoopi, yeah, she's a moron, fair enough. <laughs> Candace is not a moron. It's Straight about up. man's inhumanity to man. Candace, no, he's right. Candace is to, to an extent. She's smart. She's, she's smart. She's an isolationist, and she wants everyone to stop focusing on the Jewish crisis of whatever. Yeah, whatever or is. any crisis. What she, I think, doesn't also realize is the like foreign policy relationship that having Israel fight the same enemies that you would fight right. is a strategic advantage. But that's an academic discussion, right. and whatever. I there's think you tried to point that out there at one point that like yeah, go, and being we, pro Israel doesn't go against being an isolationist. Correct, and I'm point. just like also, but that's an academic discussion that I'm not even so equipped to have. I'm not like a foreign policy expert, but I do understand that argument, and there are there are arguments that all my my fundamental point is that when you face, it was revealed to me in talking to her and I spoke to her like about it that, oh, okay, interesting. Like, you know, there's some things that you might be ignorant or unaware of in the situation. I'm not close to this issue. I'm not Jewish. And I think she was feeling this pressure to comply and she has an instinct to go against that grain, whether it's BLM pressuring her right. to support BLM. Right. No, all lives matter. And I take her at it that it's genuine in certain respects. And yeah, you know, I don't know. You can't, you can't read what's in someone's mind that's or heart. Not always you can only thing. engage with them in person. And when you're engaging with someone in person, it's a bit different. You, you can't always read. listen to the voice. And I have that voice also. Yeah. Anytime I'm in a room where people disagree with me, I'll automatically start like yeah. pushing more to my side because I like being sure. the, the troll, the other side. Mm -hmm. But you, there's danger in that. You can't, like, that's not what adults do. Mm -hmm. Adult, like, the mature adults in the room do not just always push into, like, 
well, ugh, they're pressuring me to be a certain way, so I can't be that way. Sure. You still have to weigh the but ideas. I, I Even give, if they're being unfair and pressuring, you have to weigh the ideas. Of course, but I give credit where it's due. She said, come on and let's talk, and she put the whole thing out, unedited, right, right, for right. 50 minutes. Oh, that's impressive. And I'm like, okay, that, that will give you a certain perspective on the situation. I mean, no, when are you going to be like, a politician? You know, when, when are you announcing the... Well, actually, in 2024. Nah, I'm not going to... Nah. No, you're good. Nah. Yeah, I hear. Nah. Um, Were you surprised that like, people like, like, like you had Professor Galloway who, or Galloway... So I'm, a, I'm a big fan hey, of men this. are a crisis right now. We are in a crisis right now. It's or, a disaster. Are you seeing a lot of like <laughs> very secular, like he's a very secular Jew. Like, are, right. are, are you seeing a, you probably know a lot of secular Jews like out in the common world and stuff like that. Are you mm -hmm. seeing a lot of Jews all of a sudden coming out of the woodwork and being like, yeah, I think I'm going to lean into my Jewish identity right now. Certainly with him, I was pretty moved by that. It was like, he said it on other podcasts since mine about, you know. I'm um, just saying Renan Hirschberg has he's not that, posted a film pick yet and I'm, I'm right. upset. Well, I get that because I'm well, no, uh, um, uh, with with Scott, he said on another podcast that I was watching where he was like, "For the first time in my life, I'm like, do we have to move to Tel Aviv? Like, we're in a disaster right now." No, he's just thought of, like the summoning of one's Jewish identity to the forefront. I've seen in a few cases. I can't. I don't know if it's everybody, but it's certainly anti-Semitism will bring it out of everybody because there's nothing that makes you feel more Jewish than people <laughs> seeking your destruction be, or or hate because of that fact. And I think for people who don't have a strong Jewish rooted background, whether it's through like practice ritual community, it becomes a really scary place. Like I want to speak out and speak out for myself. I don't even know how to do that. I don't have the language to do that. I don't have right. the community to do that. I just was a Jew because I was a Jew and we did a few things over the years, but right. I don't necessarily have roots or anything to necessarily like, you know, combat that in a way. And I think a lot of my videos when I was putting that were trying to tell people like, for people who didn't feel comfortable articulating support for Israel and support for the Jewish community, but wanted to, like, I think I was, I, I'd like to think it was helpful for them because I'm not going to reach people who are like hating Jews or hating Israel. Like, you know, maybe, but it's really for people who are like, no, you can't. We're like, I do, I do feel this kinship and I do feel support. And it does seem obviously wrong with Hamas did. I just don't know how to do it without seeming like I'm like when you're removed from a subject, you don't want to comment on it. And even right. Jew, a lot of Jews are removed from Israel. Very, you know, yeah, removed I'm, from the I'm Jewish community. How so. plugged in are you in like the literal facts on the, like what's going on in the war, the day to day? The are uh, you plugged in? Not that plugged in. I mean, not any more than I think the average like engaged person who's right. caring about it. I don't have like, I mean, I I went, I've gone to a few events where like Rudy Rachman has talked about like what's going on on the ground and a few people, and I've heard in doing panels and stuff, I've heard from like soldiers. Have and you people. learned anything about? Israel or its history in, since October 7th? Have you learned anything that has surprised you? Um, I don't think that surprised me. Uh, I, I do. Th it does bother me that like Israel a, a, in a way still sort of plays this game of trying to appease the masses of the world that already despise it. And to the extent that Israel always does that, look how good we are. Look how moral we are. Look how just we are. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Everyone just hates it more. And when Israel does that, I always feel like it loses in the end. So I'm a little more I mean, hardcore yeah. than that. I, I like, think it all comes down to... Why are you trying to like... Do you firmly believe that they're like fully moral? Fully moral? Like like the IDF, like the entire, like the, the army. I mean, every, the, the, every, I mean, perfect is the enemy of the good and no right, institution right. is perfect. Right. Um, but I think even calling their mistakes mistakes highlights the morality of the IDF. When they mistakenly do something, right, it's like exactly day, that. It's, it's a mistake because it goes against a moral standard that a civilized country is trying to abide by. The idea of a war crime and the idea of human rights only exists in the context of a nation and a country that respects that. <laughs> That's a good point. doesn't exist in Hamas. There's no such thing as a war crime and there's no such thing as rights there. And we're trying to like 
delude ourselves into having this conversation over which side is more moral. It's so obviously the case because it's the idea of human though. rights and sanctity of human life only exists on the Israel side. It's so <laughs> unbelievable, by the way. Not the, not the idea. Not Hamas. What? You're not saying that about Palestinians, but you're saying that about Hamas. So I'm saying it's oh, certainly about Hamas, it's, proudly so. It's First of all, it, it's there's more and more polls that keep on coming out that... The whole idea there's like 2.3, I was watching David Friedman was talking about this, uh -huh. about how the idea that there's just like Hamas, 40,000 fighters yeah. in government, and then like 2.3 million innocent Palestinians, how that's a total sham for the most part. Mm -hmm. Like there's a significant amount of the population that is extremely pro-Hamas. I'm sure all the people that voted them in yeah. originally. It's a shame okay. about all, like all Islam, yeah. Islamic uh, um, extremism. Yeah. Right, the, fact, the, the concept that Islamic extremism is such a small, minute percentage of Islamic people is, has been proven I, to be false. I know we'd all love to believe that we pluck Hamas out of there and then we have a peace-loving yeah, culture no, that no. wants coexistence with Israel and Jews. I don't, if my gut, what does your gut well, tell Welcome me? to the West my guts, my guts tells me it's a start, for sure. What? My gut tells me at least well, it's a start. Because What's a start? What is Hamas? It's a start is, is getting it? people off the airways, off their media that is indoctrinating them constantly, constantly, constantly telling them lies about Israel or lies about Jews or, or just or just filling them with hate. That's definitely a start. Mm -hmm. I do, like you said, you said earlier in this conversation, Ignorance, very well, you said that ignorance yeah. is easier to change than hatred. I do believe both are changeable, and it starts with get the people at the head who are controlling the media and controlling the, all the speeches, yeah. get them out there, replace them with people who are at least sensible human beings, and then we can start. Well, that's a big ass. What yeah, you just said hatred. right there. Pop, pop. Oh, we got another one here. Really, like, they want to take them. I just think the, I think we like to kid ourselves into believing that the anti-Semitism in the larger Muslim world is much less. I think it's a lot more. And I think you hear testi testimony from so many people who have defected from that world saying like, it's just the standard given to hate Jews. So I'm on, I was, I've been watching- Even Kumal Nanjiani, he's like, I grew up in Pakistan, you know, and it's like, it's normal life, there's doctors and lawyers, but we also, I was raised to hate Jews. It was, so, it was so weird. And when I got finally to LA and started working with Jews and, and to the States, I realized, okay, but that's the hidden secret, you know? It's like this, the amount of anti-Semitism I don't, I'm not being radical or extremist to say that. I think there's a delusion. We'd love to believe that everybody has the same values, fundamentally yeah. and wants the same thing. Are there oppressed Palestinians who are innocent? Are sure. there children? Of course. Right, half and, of Gaza and, is children. And, and the whole point is we pride ourselves in in being more of a morally superior army for not deliberately targeting those things. Otherwise, you're, you're, you're making different points. You can't say they're all combatants and they're all equally evil as Hamas militant operatives while at the same time priding yourself on on trying to avoid civilian casualties. Those two ideas are contradictory. Because by nature, you're saying, okay, there are people who are innocent bystanders, and I agree with that, uh, and collateral damage. That Having that notion you know, implies that you make a distinction between the Hamas regime and the regimes that support it and the innocent civilians caught. In, Do you in, agree in, with... In, like, but I, but to, to the extent that there's support, yeah. this staggering support for Hamas and you know, for uh, there's the amount of anti-Semitism and Jew hatred in the culture. I don't right. know if that's Israel's responsibility to fix. I don't think you can fight for your survival and try to change other cultures at the same time. But no, I think I to a certain degree their own culture has to fight for that. Right, right. But there's crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think with with Gaza, I think what's also caught so many people's like attention here is that Gaza has this very specific identity as being literally like half children. Mm -hmm. So you have like. Well, I, also be careful with that set too. Is a sixteen year old or a seventeen year old right. a child? I don't know what these numbers mean. I'm they all sure. come from also, the Hamas. By the Hamas way, no, I think by so. The way, even no if they're indoctrinated, has, like yeah. you, buddy, I was indoctrinated. Just, at sixteen no, years old. Not like, one soldier has died from Hamas. Twenty three thousand deaths. 
all of them civilians. <laughs> Every single one. I'm just saying. There's no combatants now. I'm not you know necessarily. They don't just, any, so everyone is one. I take it all from a grain of salt. All the information, joke. all the civilian casualty count and death you get yeah. is from the Hamas, Hamas regime. Yeah, and I think when it comes to a regime. Is, wait, is that true? Because I've yes, when, like, the, every, the why, UNRWA. Why the, aren't there other numbers coming from anyone other than the Hamas regime? Who from? controls Gaza? I mean, I mean, all the journalists there, the UNRWA, uh, UN people, you're, you're seeing these stories that are coming out that it's they the held government. hostages. Imagine America. In UNRWA buildings with UNRWA people. I, 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 the I'm Red not, Cross in Gaza will, like, was com complacent in hostages. And, and, and I'm just saying, the, the regime that was responsible for raping women and burning children alive draws the line at lying to the press? I don't think so. Right. So I'm not saying that there isn't terrible suffering and civilian death in Gaza. Of course there is. And I do think that in a war of self-defense... You, the people who aggressed against Israel are, are completely responsible for that, which is Hamas. So I'm not denying it while at the same time. I'm not, I'm not saying it doesn't exist while at the same time. I mean, of course it does. But to the extent that it does, I don't, you take all these numbers so what, with the grain what would of you salt. say? Let's play devil's advocate yeah. here. Because I, I think it's important for people to hear this. Mm -hmm. As someone who's like a staunch, staunch, staunch Israel supporter, and you know, you, you're speaking logic to me, but yeah. what would you say to someone if they were sitting across from you and saying, okay, it doesn't look like self-defense right now? What part of it doesn't look like self-defense? First of all, some some people, people believe, some people believe the numbers. Let's say mm. the numbers are. Let's say the numbers. You can believe it's like two hundred thousand well, people died. Mm. I'm just. Mm. I, why can't you ask me? I'll give you the answer. Mm. Let's say two hundred thousand people died. Therefore, what? Well, no, I mean, you know, there be, be, begins to have questions of what is self defense and what is not. Why? Who decided what self defense is? I have a question for you. Is one person allowed Who to die? Who doesn't decide it? No. Okay, it's a good question. Is one person allowed to die? Let's just say I told you the entire Hamas will be wiped out, but one person will die. One civilian. Is that okay? I would think yes. Why? Who made you the decider of death over because one person? Because every war has collateral damage. Oh, good. So I'm saying the exact same thing. So yeah. why do you get to decide two hundred thousand for me to stay alive? Yeah. So label saying it's it's arbitrary. Ooh, that totally, sounds right? a little extreme. It just sounds it a little sounds arbitrary. I can tell you this. It doesn't the, even the sound. Morals, to be honest, it doesn't even sound very Jewish. The moral concept, standard. Nothing to do with that. The, it's called a self defense. It's a very Jewish. Jewish the moral concept, standard of war when you're at war. The moral standard is decided on who aggressed and who is now defending themselves. If you start a war of aggression then the aim fundamentally of the nation responding in self-defense is to eliminate that threat. That's the proportional response. Right. You do everything you can and no more to eliminate the Nazi regime, the imperialist Japan regime. regime. You do these things to win, it, to be swift, quick, it's brutal, it's awful, that's what war is, there's no avoiding it, and self-defense requires that you eliminate the threat that aggressed against you. And there is collateral damage to the extent that there is, it lies at the accountable feet of Hamas who started this. Not yeah. a single civilian would be dead right yeah. now if no, not for October. I totally agree. Better. I totally if, they, agree. if they gave up right now, if they surrendered right now, yeah. the war would be over. Not one other civilian would so die. So war determines strategic advantage to the person who can win, to the, yeah. to the defenders who can win the war. And you have to set that as your standard. We have to win. So we have to destroy Hamas's and de completely disarm Hamas's ability to ever do that again and ever really exist as any sort of powerful regime. And in doing so, that is the standard by do which you, you think, operate. Do you think that what's happening right now in Israel, mm -hmm. even if we fully successfully get rid of Hamas, mm -hmm. is it not going to cr just create a future Hamas that's gonna radicalize the next generation? No, I don't think that's true. I think history says that when you completely decimate a regime, the population loses faith in that regime's ability to have its self-interest at heart. It happened in uh, Germany, it happened in Germany, it happened in Japan, where we right, completely exactly. destroyed the these ideologies. Let me, let me tell yeah. the question was, um, are we in destroying Hamas with Let's be honest, a lot of force. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are we radicalizing the next Hamas? Let's say we are. Well, I'm saying then it's just. No, it's a great question. Hold on a second. It's a great question. Let's say we are. Then what? What would you suggest? Keep, I, Hamas, keep Hamas in place right now? No. Yeah, that's so what's your outcome? I don't, 
No, so he's saying if we're talking about a strategic advantage, is it self-defeating? I'm asking more of a What's your outcome? I want to know what the outcome is. What's your solution? This is what the post what I posted. I'm asking very because I would literally said this exact thing. Yeah. Therefore, what? Let's say you're right. You have a you have a crystal ball, and what you're saying is correct. There isn't a therefore. I'm talking just conjecture. I just want to know what he thinks will be the future. It's there is no point. No, because that point is always used. I keep on hearing it. I'm here. I know, which is why you just jumped on me. But I wasn't saying it as blue. No, but I hear it all the time. You know, because of the fact that you know. Okay, so what's your solution? It's all. People, I've heard it. I've heard the your... point. It's a fair point yeah, okay. because you're like, are you radicalizing the next generation by by using force and and, okay. and defending yourself? You is there a self defeating uh, result? What's the other option? What? I, well, I don't think it does do that. No, uh, maybe it does. What's your other option? What's that? What's your other option? Uh, look, I'm not. A, I'm, I'm not a military tactician. I don't know what, what the other option is. is. Can you what? have an option of Hamas thing in power? Absolutely, absolutely not. Good. No. So then who gives a shit what's going right. to happen to the next generation? Then you take care of the next one. That's yes, correct. Yeah. Exactly. Right. If there are a bunch of rats here, but they laid eggs, yeah. should I not kill these rats? Do rats lay eggs? What the? I'm just giving you an example. Whatever. What <laughs> rats have you met in your life? Whatever. Give an example, they do. Right? They lay, lay Wait, larvae. Rats? I, I, have just, a, I have a ground floor apartment in New York they City. They lay larvae? Yeah, they do. I'm asking what? a question. It's a very oh, simple I'm learning so many things here. A mouse in my apartment laying larvae. Rats laying eggs. If there are a bunch of rats here that are going to reproduce. Do you yeah. kill the rats here or do you say, well, you know something. I guess that's Since they're going to reproduce anyways, let's just leave these right here. Right. There's but no he's saying better than that. He's saying, he's saying he's historically saying it's speaking, not going it's going to happen. happen. I, okay, I, agree, I have I'm, one answer and the other answer is it could be that you just keep whack-a-moling yeah, totally. in that sense. No, and like that's the peace. military That's the military thing. Uh, I, I'm not speaking on that because I'm not a military tactician. A lot of people on TikTok think they are. Um, a lot of people think Israel's just like carpet bombing Gaza, which they're not doing, and they could. They could just take it all out, and they don't do well, that. Well, that's why the, the word genocide really upsets me, is because yeah. like, this is and very obviously not, not a genocide. I, I, I'm I, very plugged in on like yeah. both sides. I'm trying to be as easy as possible. No. I definitely think that Israel is guilty of war crimes yeah. at the moment. I also think there's literally never been a war fought ever that sides were not guilty of war crimes. Who's to, guilty? There is... is there mm -hmm. is definitely a feeling on some Jews where it's like, oh, Israel's not capable of Could doing you war, tell crimes. Me which war Obviously, crimes. Obviously, I'm just curious, which war crimes? Okay, first of all, there, there's like video. I've seen like video footage of Israeli soldiers walking in. They're shooting journalists. They're shooting children. They're they're literally shooting children. They're running away. They're shooting like like small children. They've shot like sixty seven or something journalists. They've killed. Um, and you're like, not allowed to kill journalists in war. Time There's out, war wait a second, crimes. Wait a second. It's fine. Um, is, um, I still agree with ninety yeah. percent of what you're saying. Uh, well, look, first of all. You've seen videos. You, you you are convinced that Israel has deliberately targeted journalists for assassination. To I might even say the word deliberate. So I deliberate is deliberate. what matters in war. That makes all the difference. If I, I'm saying it might be deliberate. Well, I would say I would say there's no way it's deliberate. And if it was, they would be tried. And no Hamas fighter would ever be tried. No, that's for sure. But I'm just saying, if if me, if, me if, criticizing Israel does not all of a sudden mean therefore I think Hamas is good or and or what I'm than, saying is if if Israel deliberately char targeted a journalist, yeah, uh, deliberately targeted a journalist or a child, they would be brought in front of a tribunal and tried in Israel for doing that. If Israel unintentionally is and it, not if, if Israel when, if Israel finds itself in a firefight at a weapons cache in an area where there's yeah. embedded amongst children and journalists and yeah. children and and journalists the same amount die. You're con a lot of people confuse body count and death count, and with say, deliberation. What with deliberation? With 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 ascribing what is more that the morality to that. If I'm in my car and um, there's a group of people here, and I and my brakes go out and I lose control of the car and I run over all of them and they all die, fifty people, ten people die from me going out of control with my car. That's a very different thing morally than if I'm driving and I just decide to turn my car and deliberately take them out. Now the the footage of that, the news of that, would look, look the exactly same. the right. same. And one would say, well, look, he just ran over 10 people. 
But the intention is what matters when deciding what is moral about it. So I will say that when you see these images and see these optics, the optics of war are some of are the worst things you could ever see. And nobody wishes it upon anybody. And none of it would happen if you don't attack a sovereign country. You know, something so I will say that the, the, the standard has to be victory. And you don't create line. more terrorists by doing that. You say, to these, you say to these people, these regimes, you don't do this. If you attack sovereign countries like us and kill our people and our civilians, you will be met with the, the wrath results, of yes. our defense and... Of, I think eventually populations would lose faith in those regimes. Yeah. So you actually think you see a positive, a future, like for the generations to come, or at least the coming decades, a positive, like a peaceful, what was, or do you see like a two state solution just without Hamas there? Like, what do you see? Uh, I mean, at this point. I know point, you're not like a. No, like I know. I mean, I, do I think that, I think that's wishful two thinking? Solution. Two state solution is. Yeah, I, I, I don't see it because years. it's been tried so many times. I don't know. Is it ever possible? Yeah. Would I love to see like, oh, Gaza, this sovereign country next to Israel and Jews could go in and work there and vice versa. Right, right, right. That's a great, that's a great, you know, uh, uh, vision in the mind of like, why, why, why didn't it look like that since 2005? Why didn't it happen the last 20 years? Ami, um, you should know something. Yeah. The, it, it, the truest line is the most cliche line of all time, but mm. it's, it, it describes the whole thing perfectly. Yeah. If Israel puts down its weapons, there will be peace. If Opposite. The, right? If, sure. Uh, there will be peace. If Israel puts down its weapons, there will be no Israel. If Hamas puts down its weapons, <laughs> Editor's no. Yeah, not, the classic, I don't think that's what you meant. But, but that's literally, but that tells there would you be no all Israel. you need as to soon know. As, as soon as a Palestinian, uh, to me, as soon as like represent, representation and regimes for the Palestinian people want a Palestinian state more than they don't want a Jewish state, yeah, go, go it would here. happen. That's the thing. Like the onus is on, is on, I would say the regimes that want it, that want this to happen from a peaceful Coexistent perspective. It's not on Israel to do it anymore. That's that's sort of where I stand at this point. In 2005, when they pulled out of Gaza, why did Gaza not become the Singapore of the Middle East, the way it was described, with beaches and greenhouses and economic activity, build hotels, tourism, and have Israelis go? And why didn't that happen? Did that happen because Israel didn't want it? I don't think so. You know, I would love it to be. That that's a nice thing. I'm not into like this sort of like, uh, you know, it's not a, it's not come from a hateful place. I would love it to be that way. I don't I just think it don't does. Think yeah. It is. yeah, you know. So, anyways. Back yeah. to real business. Yo. Not real business. That was yeah. real business. But back to showbiz. Yes, um, show business. The first time I, I really started tuning into you. Yeah. <laughs> right? The, I got it, like I said before, mm. you're, you were impersonating Jordan Peterson and then you impersonated me. I was very, very honored by that. Mm-hmm. I, I did, but I, I got to tell you. Even though he called you counsel, babe. I, no, I don't give a shit. I'm just saying. When I, I no, know you, you really don't give a shit. I, I know you, I know you <laughs> took a shit before we started this just? episode just so he would feel. Uh, <laughs> what do you say? I said, I know you. I know you relieved yourself before we started this episode. So that I yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm asking. But I happen to think, and other yeah. people don't. It wasn't a great impersonation. I need something. I need something better. Have you worked on the impersonation at all? Uh, I, I did watch a few clips. By the way, by the way, Shlita. <laughs> by the way, people think I have a weird voice. But like, I know you wanted this to happen, like right off the outset. You were, you were waiting for this impression, but like, mm. is that the way I sound? It's pretty good. I mean, the, people people say like I have a weird voice. By the way, it by doesn't the way. sound like you, but there's like aspects of it. That no, no, like, no, oh, no, 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 no. Watch, watch. This is you having a bad dream. Ready? You know, so there's lips, there's face, there's like, you have to get. He does a lot. By the way, okay, why 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 happened? Okay, well, why would you guys want to do this? By the way, by the way, by the way, let's go. (laughs) I was telling them before. I have one friend. I think there's a better impersonation than Ami of me of you. Who? Yeah. Oh, wait, that's the next clip. Is there somebody? Is, we're putting out a contest. There's someone best who does label better yeah. than me. I happen to think you do the best impersonation of every other one, but mislabeled, I have one. By the, by the way, let's go. I want to see it. I want to be on. No, we're going to do a contest. Okay. We're going to do a contest on mislabeled. And, and People say, like, I have a weird voice. I don't know. 
Yeah, My friend said you sound like you uh, gargle cigarettes. <laughs> I did. I did for quite some time. <laughs> no, not smoking. Put it down. Oh, by the way, everyone, give me the menthols. Menthols life. <laughs> oh, I love that. By the way, really tasty. Light them all up. I don't care. Exactly. I don't think you understand. You I don't care. By the way, when I was five years old, I, I, I swallowed a bunch of lit cigarettes. That's why I sound like this. <laughs> By, by the way, my esophagus Wait. is on fire right Wait, now. There's hell? blisters everywhere. By the way, Shlita. He went to like a, a, a voice doctor. Didn't she tell you that like if you yeah. continue the way you're doing, you're not gonna be able to? Oh, talk you get it. You have a thing on. You got you got some stuff His on the polyps. 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 I have. She actually told me she's like you have of the worst vocal cords I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> she told me. Is that funny? And you're like I'm a I podcast. have one too. I have one too from singing all the years. I have a little uh, a little scar tissue. Oh, I can't say uh, that I'm, I'm like. You gotten scoped through the nose and yeah, 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 yeah. I did that whole thing. Yeah. So it's just like this Shlita. These are your vocal cords. They put something up your nose and. Wait, they 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 Shlita. No. Yeah, yeah. So they put it. They, you got to went to a laryng laryngologist. Yeah. They put a scope down the nose and they said, "Okay, talk." Ah, <laughs> it's Shlita. Buckle, buckle up, Shlita. Okay. By the way, people say I have a weird voice. What do you see? I see the worst vocal cords I've ever seen. <laughs> There's a cigarette in there. How do they get um, the cigarette? To somebody get me my tools. So I, oh my god. There's a Tom and Bobbly in his esophagus. My god, this is a Cuban cigar. Like I swallowed it when I was seven. Whatever. Shlita. So that's my question. So some people, I have a few friends who say it's like from smoking because I did smoke. Yeah. But I, that also doesn't really make so much sense. It's from a lot yelling of to be smoke. heard. Right. A lot. Yeah. Other people say this because I think it makes more sense because I don't talk from the right place. Yeah, you like, don't. You're, you also you sing, yeah. so you yeah, maybe yeah. you talk this. from like you're you don't talk from the right place. And I've I've had that too, where it's like talking like tight. Right. You're right. like way up here. He's talking from. You're going like oh, okay, here we go. Now I'm in the label boys, right here in the throat. You're like right. very tense, and like your neck goes like crazy when you're talking about Hamas, and it's going too long, and you want to move on to other subjects. It's just like things busted. It's like come on, come on, too much on this like serious shit. Let's get funny. It's like right up there. But um, you have to learn how to speak properly. I think you just need to go to a coach. And I have no patience. <laughs> I saw everyone says that's what they told me. Most of us did it when we were four, but most of us learned how to speak when we were four. But like twenty six later, you no, it's not true. I mean, everyone kind of just starts speaking, right? But like, it's actually funny because people voice who lose their voice a lot, you probably lose lost your voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Usually, when yeah. label is like like shown something that he so other people do, he's like, I, I could do it, I could do it, I could do it better. Which he wants, he wants to do comedy now. He wants to You want to be a great. I think, I think you should that? go to a vocal. Clear. Yeah, we have all. You should go to a vocal coach, <laughs> and it. you should become the best singer. No, 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 no. What about your all. singing voice? Is I it just as bad? Is it just as rough around the? You can kind of sing. I I could definitely carry a tune. Yeah, like for sure. <laughs> oh, for He's sure. got that Daughtry rag. But I'm not. I'm sounds not. Like Nickelback. Do you I, sing from a different place though? Because you're talking like from here. It's very. Tense. <laughs> he sings from his neshama and nowhere else. Very like directly from the neshama. Of course. Um. No, I don't. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I had we'll issues because we'll I was singing all the time, but I was not singing properly, and I got injuries for it, and I would lose my voice, and I have all these issues. So I like went to a vocal coach and worked in for for a little while on like correcting how to sing properly, which helps how you talk, especially after a show when you're talking to a crowd in a loud room. Yeah, I'm sure you're just like, oh, no. yeah. I was always like, yeah, when yeah, no talking like this. Where are you for supposed Shabbos? to sing from? What? Where are you supposed to sing from? It's a good question. I mean, what's the healthiest place to sing? You know, oh. it's not in your throat. You know, your vocal cords vibrate from sound. Like, they vibrate, which was creates the sound. But, like, it's really from... How do you Belly? describe it? Like Solar plexus? Like, if I go, ah, ah, here, it's a lot more resonant. I mean, this has got really weird because we're doing vocal exercises on a podcast. Okay. But you're supposed to kind of... It's not supposed to hurt. It's not supposed to be tense. Even if you sing high. I feel... Nah! It's not supposed to be high. I feel like that vocal <laughs> warm-up you just did is yeah. how most people do Jeff Goldblum's voice. <laughs> but, All but, right, so anyways, here but, we go. But, I'm but, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, I don't do the best, Jeff, but, 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 but. Oh, okay, very nice. No, but it's supposed, to, it's supposed to feel good. It's not supposed to feel like, uh, and especially if you sing higher or whatever like that. 
I feel like you um, could do a good Dershowitz for some reason. I don't know why. Jews and non-Jews. I could say Jews. But, but, <laughs> just the word Jews. <laughs> just the word Jews. is a travesty. What's happening? And it's purely the fault of Hamas. <laughs> Jews. <laughs> this, Hamas. Hamas. This is purely the fault of Hamas. This him? is the CNN strategy, which yes. we talk about. This is all part of the CNN strategy. And it is all part and parcel with the strategy of Hamas. When I was in this Martha's is what they were. I call it the dead baby strategy. <laughs> We saw a lot of those on Epstein's Island. No. <laughs> uh, hey. I couldn't resist. I do a Norman Finkelstein, too. Oh, God. Oh, do I Norman. want to have a civil conversation. Listen, label. Your voice is what happens when you periodically mow the lawn inside your throat. If you put lit cigarettes, as Israel does in Gaza, inside your vocal cords... You're gonna sound like shit. It's actually amazing, by the way. It's incredible. Yeah. What do you think about him, by the way? Norm? Oh, yeah. God. I mean, aside from the fact that he's he's a monster, piece of shit. Yeah. He's a monster. Unbelievable. He's a mon- I don't know what motivates him, but he's a total monster. It's unbelievable. Also, imagine. I think he's he's the events of October seventh warmed my soul. I only wrote that when I thought fifty <laughs> children had been killed, not beheaded. That remains an open question. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> and he loves using his parents, throwing his parents in there. Excuse me. I, I have to say, Auschwitz. That's my argument. <laughs> Terrible. Just I mean, certain people get off on being the contrarian. Like, it's uh, certain people need to be the Jew that I, is... I don't know psychologically what that comes from because he's a moral monster. The yeah. way he's... The, he's, a, he's a real... Honestly, if, if he hadn't said that thing about October 7th, yes. like... Newsletters, like, it's yeah. possible he's motivated by truth, but that, once you're saying that type of line on October 7th... He said it about suicide bombers all through the Intifada, too. He said it about... To be honest, ev- I heard about him three weeks ago. Oh. I haven't been following his career. He's been, yeah, I've been many... Oh, every violent, most atrocious act against Israel has been part of the resistance because Gaza is an open-air concentration it's camp. Concentration, it's not an open-air prison, it's a concentration, concentration camp. Concentration camp. I mean, every act of violence is just the Warsaw Ghetto? It's the worst of morality you, you could get. When we, in the Warsaw Ghetto, we got 16 billion dollars. <laughs> We're like, here, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he's just he's a moral monster. And he's a failed academic, completely debunked and disgraced. He never got tenure at DePaul University. They like, you know, Alan Dershowitz had a whole campaign to deny his tenure, and he got denied because I, you know, he's just, he's just they a actually failed academic. Israel doesn't, I don't even think he'll let him in anymore. Yeah, I think that, yeah. I don't know if that's the right thing to do, but either way. Or maybe they, they do now. He does, he, he had, a, he was banned. At some point, I tried to get into... All I wanted was shawarma, and I couldn't get it. Um, I'm working on a Dovey impression, too, by the way. Me? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think I talked enough on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, but I know Dovey a little. But yeah, we'll get there. Okay. Yeah. Dovey's just like, it's a little more like, it's a little more like, like young and like sexy. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to like put together a show. I, I want to do it like on the moon, but orthodox. <laughs> you know, like, and I, I want to get like, like rabbis and comedians together like in space. I don't want to fill it with people from Bergenfield. <laughs> That's actually so, yeah. It's actually a com- real conversation we had, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like you got to get that a little bit. I was just watching uh, Lex Friedman head on uh, Jeff Bezos. Friedman, too. Yeah, I saw that. Um, it, th- there was a five-minute conversation about uh, space, you know, space exploration mm. and everything. Definitely one of the funniest five minutes of my life. Basically, Bezos was talking about how he wants a trillion people. Yeah. Because that's what he wanted, oh, a thousand Elon Musks. And he's like, yeah, we're going to create galaxies. And Earth is going to be like a vacation spot. We're just like, going to create galaxies in space. It's going to be great. So like in the morning, I'll have like coffee. 
I'll check an email and then I'll take a nap. I was <laughs> Do you ever like play like pranks on your parents? Like, like could you get yeah, like people in your family down? Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, I, I you mean calling as members of my family? Yeah. I've called my mom as like random characters, like made up characters, really? prank calls. I was very, I was, I was, I was like, I'm not an impersonator. Probably excellent at. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah, sure yeah, I can yeah. imagine. Definitely have a prank call history of that's very solid. Um, yeah, I love. Lex I love a good too. prank call in the voice. There's like one incredible of Dan Soder doing Chappelle. He yeah, does a perfect yeah, yeah. Chappelle. Yeah, you know what I'm talking Louis about. Louis J. Gomez. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I sounded Dan exactly. Soder's amazing. I love Dan Soder. <laughs> yeah. Wow, so awesome. He's amazing. <laughs> Russians are the scariest white people. <laughs> I sounded exactly like my dad. Like I still do. Yeah. And he's a rabbi. So like when people used to call questions and yeah. answer the phone, they would just launch into it. Because like I answered oh, the phone. That's great. I feel like everyone. And I'm like, what the hell? Like I'll answer this. <laughs> you sound like your dad sounds like you. You have the same exactly. Voice. Wow. Like on the phone, you can't tell the difference. So wow. I'll just be like, yeah, oh. you can you can mix those two things. If you want. <laughs> Trust me, your wife is good to you today. You're like <laughs> you're <laughs> yourself out. You're like giving people halakha advice. <laughs> everyone watching the pod right now would believe that you're this. Your dad is a rabbi because you're rocking like a like a Torah a, hat. A six thirteen. What about me? I'm that much more likely if you didn't know me. Your father a rabbi? His father much Rosh Hashiva. Much worse. Much it's all making on. sense. I didn't. I, I don't. I don't know. I, give me a little bit of that. Your father's Rosh Shiva of what? Uh, he's not Rosh Shiva. He's the Manal of Chavetz Chaim oh. in Brooklyn. It's principal. Okay. Not that, that that's one, that it's that much better, but please okay. translate okay. Manal as principal for the one non-Jew still listening. Oh, Manal is principal. principal. Yes, principal. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I think his trauma is much worse than mine because, <laughs> like, mine dad was like more removed. He was like a like a Rosh Shiva, like an institution that like weighed in a lot of things. It's also your, it's modern orthodoxy in your world, isn't it? Isn't it like the Dude, why you was never going to touch the 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 trauma of the other? Yeah, no, of course not. not. So, but where are you? Well, label like, what's your, what's your, what's what's his trauma? What's the trauma? Let's I, just go. Let's just do that. Like, quick quick two minutes on that. Quick Ooh, trauma. trauma what do you want? What do you want to know? I don't know. Like your we spoke story. About last podcast. I don't think I have any trauma. One thing you responded in the buckle up beef was like, I don't think even like you watch this podcast. I don't think he really understands like my views and what I am and what I've been through. But what have you been I didn't through? I say been through. What did I say? I've been I made through? that up. I'm impersonating you. But like oh. you know, there's like an understanding we didn't have when we were riffing on you. No, we were talking about this actually recently. Also, uh, literally, it just came up on the last uh, Zoom call we had uh, when we brought on Dovi. That like I think people think that for me, this podcast is like an anti. Uh, anti the system, anti the Torah system, establishment, anti Torah bakas. Nothing can be further th- from the truth than mm. for me. Like literally yeah. nothing. I'm extremely pro Torah. Yeah, I'm very much of Torah significantly. And made that pretty clear with Flabbish. Yeah, with Flabbish. <laughs> like I'm saying exactly as you would know. I I don't have a problem at all. I have my own like. There are certain things probably within the system that I don't like. I'm I'm typically a, I try to call things exactly as I see them, and mm. you know I, I don't ju- you know kind of don't judge Judaism by the Jews like. When it comes to Judaism, for sure. Like, do Jews sometimes do things wrong? For sure. Mm-hmm. Would I call that out if I saw it? A hundred percent I would. Um, but I'm not, like, inherently angry at, at at the system or anything like that. Like, I don't know. I just Label do my own thing. not angry at Torah. He's angry at his parents. <laughs> right. Honestly, probably You're a bitter lot. and resentful. You know, I can see that. <laughs> you know, I pick it up. Definitely a lot closer to that. Like, I, I, honestly, it that's really the truth. The like, for me, yeah. it's just like yeah. if I have, a, like, a problem, I don't go to, like, the community or Torah at all. I'm mm-hmm. like... There are a lot of people I know that are living very, very happy lives that live right. Torah lives, like a lot. Like, for me, you don't take it out on the community. It's just personal for you. Well, it's probably yeah. more my my own issues. Yeah. yeah, my parents probably whatever. My yeah. own childhood. Yeah, I don't, I don't think because again, were you, you like at, in and out of the system, bouncing around yeshivas. That just kind of out. Growing up, just, yeah. just, just out. out, dude. He had a heart. That's the craziest thing. I stayed in yeshiva. I'm like the least yeshiva person on this podcast right. by like seven miles. And I stayed in <laughs> yeshiva. yeshiva person on this podcast. <laughs> of the yeah. three of us. Yeah. But he, he was out at 17. I stayed until I was 24. Uh-huh. You went this rogue. This guy was out. And like didn't talk to your parents for a couple of years or something like that? I didn't say that happened. What are you talking about? I'm inferring. You didn't say it didn't I'm inferring. I'm pretty accurate though. Like you weren't rogue. 
We don't know where label is. Huh? We don't know where label is, kind of thing. No, no. I mean, I wouldn't say as not exactly like that. I just did my own thing for yeah. for five, six years. Okay. That's all. Hey. Um, but I was weird. I, I was a weird guy. I was like, I was like still going to like Thursday night schmoozing, but I was like uh-huh. doing my own thing. I was weird. Like I wasn't in school. I wasn't yeshiva. But like all my friends were like yeshiva guys. Still are. Like, I went to a couple of what, what, there's, there's oh, weird. stuff in Brooklyn. There's weird stuff in Brooklyn. Woodburn. That that's really where it's not at. Woodburn. <laughs> not no, Woodburn. No, there's the Thursday yeah. night. What's it called? It was called something. It was oh the, in Flatbush. Yeah, it was called the Chullin. Chullin. Yeah. You used to go to Chullin. I've been to oh, Chullin. Oh wow. Chullin's yeah, a weird crowd. A little bit. What is a weird? That's a Crown Heights show. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't a Crown Heights show. I don't know. Wait, what's the Thursday night challenge? Besides the actual, can you no, it's that? not. It's I can barely. I've only been to challenge once, but it's it's like this sort of place for lost souls, defected, lost souls. defected. Yeah. Uh, you have everything from like guys like Ami to like some like dude who probably saw the Grateful Dead live like back in the day <laughs> and like has never come back down from the acid trip, and they're Someone all just in the closet in a Becca show, you know? Yeah, that yeah, kind yeah, of thing. yeah. It's like real like, lost souls, <sighs> right? But honestly, it's beautiful. It's literally just sure. Jews coming no, together a, to it's sing a play, songs. It's a space. From, it's Anyways, space. back to it. I that was just my thing. Like this has nothing to do with system or anything to do with that. I just. Like, yeah, that's all. That's my entire, you know, I just try to call it like I see it. That's honestly the truth. Like, if yeah. I see it, I'm just like, all right, this is what I think. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, I'm definitely not the perfect Jew, if that's what you were wondering. Oh, no, no, no. I'm I mean, not that you're no. wondering it, but. No, yeah, it was just, like there were some things in in, uh, in the whole Flatbush Girl saga. Wait, let's touch on that. For sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got into that? We could, we could yeah, get into it. Yeah, go knock yourself out. Let's go. <laughs> let's touch it. Let's One touch more it. time. We want to touch on that? Yeah. <laughs> Um, where you were like, I don't think my, you like saying my co-host was like, I don't think he really understands the purpose of what this is your podcast. Name? Weber. Michael. Yeah. Michael, Michael Weber. Weber. Okay. The, co- the purpose of this podcast and like what I'm about and all that kind of stuff that you were h- hinting at. Cause I didn't, I don't know <laughs> fundamentally what you think the, you have to remind what do you, how do you feel the purpose? Uh, truly you have to remind me what he said. I think I, he was I saying, like, I don't remember. I just remember the clip. Said, like, so I can't respond. I think the, your yeah. co-host, I forget his name's Michael. Yeah. So he had kind of comment, like his critique was based off this premise that like, this is a podcast where we take on the system and we are not the system. We came from that and we don't like that yet. Then when, uh-huh. Right. Was so, coming well, in and ripping not true. on I'm not ripping right. on the so podcast. He, he was using that to say label must just he got be so a misogynist. Right. So because a misogynist. Anyone who knows anything about me would tell you straight up that it had nothing to do with that was a girl or a guy. Love like him, I yeah. would deliver that to whoever I heard it from. Like straight up. Right. I think it wasn't like that it wasn't about the issue. It was about like I think it wasn't even her just, it wasn't the gender. It was the coming against the system or against the grain, and you were very, very adamant about like holding the holding the line, and yet it, I, maybe Michael would have expected you'd be more sympathetic to someone who's going against the grain. A little well, bit. Not, I'm not fine with someone going against the grain. Again, to me, you are allowed to be conservative or reform. You can be whatever the hell you want. Just yeah. if you're conservative and reform, do not call yourself regular orthodox. Doubt, orthodox. Like you're not. You're not. Mm-hmm. Like stop pulling that at anyone. You're you're full of shit. That, that's my point, and it's fine. You could be. Literally- that's what I would imagine. You'd say that there's a standard. It's like I, I deviate from the standard. We all do, but I don't change the standard. Right, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's right. literally what I'm saying. Like right. you, you, like it's totally fine if you hold a different opinions that mm-hmm. are not the traditional orthodox opinion, but to sit there and say that everyone from the orthodox world for the last, let's say, a thousand years is wrong, including mm-hmm. everyone yeah, that- Yeah, yeah, I get that. That's all, that was I my get, entire point. I, the entire course, look, we love Dovey, but I really wanted Flabish Girl to be the third co-host. Uh, <laughs> Can you imagine that yeah, dynamic every week? Can you just catch, how did the whole beef happen i know how i know how it started it's so funny because how many times have you rehashed i this? still haven't got it like that no. honestly that's why i joined the podcast so i just funny. want to know what the fuck happened like, like, yeah <laughs> and this was a whole back and forth thing forever you know look for I, a year and it's funny like we were looked at as like oh these men are allies and they're they're speaking up for and i'm like look like it was hilarious which <laughs> men are allies that no, him we, and Michael our clip got up. circulated and there were some comments oh. and i and i appreciate the support we were getting like uh it's nice to see like men speaking up on right. behalf of but i don't want to take full credit for that because like 
I was, we talked about it on our podcast too when it happened. We were like, holy hell. It's like oh, that, you're uh, talking about the, the guy who uncovered him. But, but of what course. Yeah, the Flappers Girl live stream. Boom, oh, boom, boom, yeah, boom, yeah, you're boom, saying boom, that boom, I got boom, on that. Boom, okay, boom. I missed that. What was the beef? Out. What was the beef initially? Okay, between hold on you guys. Okay. Was it that you laughed at that and that she got no, offended? No, 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 no. I've been working on Flappers Girl for a year before that. Honestly, that was one of the great marketing moves of all time. No one was <laughs> wise enough to pick up on it. I wasn't following I'm going to say it straight to the camera. Yeah. No one, anyone who paid attention. That was you on the live stream. Anyone Very that, impressive. That's I know, right? So many people think that, by the way. Like, actually I, no, think that. Oh, my God. I was at a table. This this label uh, wishes that was on, on the live show. On, 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 exactly. <laughs> Shul, Shul, we all do. Shul, we all do. this past week, actually. My goodness. My friend, I was at a friend's house in Queens, and he's like, "Oh, come with me. There's enough for happening in this house. Just come." It was between Mechamarev, okay. you know, depressed, depressed time. Yeah. Between Mechamarev on Shabbos day. Yeah. So I was like, "All right, let's just kill this depression for an hour and go there." And as I walk in, there was like 50 yeshiva guys, which is like. That is specific, like right out of Torah's Chaim, Yeshiva guy crew is like, I'm a celebrity. Is, yeah. no, I don't. That, that's it's like your typical. I get it. That's where, like, that's our guys. That's like, America's Torah in 2023. That's what? That it's America's Torah in 2023. Nope. Okay, awesome. I'm, still, you know, I'm too modest. Anyways, the point is. <laughs> like Torah Academy of Bergen County, kind of? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Anyways, the point is, is that so at the table, so I walk into the kitchen and the father is like. This is in her. This is where the location is what? My friend, I was at a friend for Shabbos, yeah, and he I'm brought me. He, okay, so I'm at a friend for Shabbos in yeah. Queens. He brought me. Shabbos is the seventh day in the Jewish. Oh, <laughs> like Seventh Day Adventist. Yeah. Yeah. He you, brought me you. to yeah. in between Bechamar on Shabbos day. He's like, "Oh, come with me. I'm going to this house quickly. There's like some sort of offer for something. I'm just come with me." Mm. Anyways, I said, "Okay." I didn't know what I was walking. The Shabbos in. where you find yourself in places. I walk into. We've I walk into there. this house, and they were making an offer for their son. Mm -hmm. And apparently, the father is. Not apparently, it was very apparent, extremely quickly, is obsessed with me, literally. <laughs> um, and there were like 50 yeshiva guys, friends of the chassan, that were there. So it was just like, and then the, the husband brings me to his wife yeah. in the groom, right? <laughs> Anyways, the, the- Yeah, we have so much crossover appeal. Yeah, yeah. The father brings us, the father brings me to his wife in the kitchen, and there's like eight 35 to 45-year-old women just sitting at this table. Um, you mean my market? Well, and literally they're all like- Right away, he's like, dude, you know this guy's been slaving? This guy's just going crazy. This yeah. guy must, he must have been still been drunk for the morning. Talking you, yeah. Anyways, um, and they were like, a few of them, like, who, like some of them didn't know who I was, which I was very upset about, of course. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so they're like, so a few, the other one's like, oh, no, 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 that was, like, oh, you're the flap. That was you. And right away, I knew exactly what they thought. Like, the ones that, like picked up on it. They, did <laughs> they it thought he was the one on the live stream, and they met back to that. The, I could tell right away the people that actually thought I was the one waving my schlong. Yeah. I, I was the live. I love stream. that you call it schlong. This whole saga, you're like schlong, schlong. I love that. I just love that. Oh, was that the? We gotta bring schlong back. It's an underused term. <laughs> Anyways, whatever. Schlong. It was just that funny. doesn't count as Yiddish word. That's I, let me American. say that. Yeah, that's been American. I had to sit there and explain to them yeah. that no, that was not me. Even though yeah. <laughs> there's reason to be happy if it was but still that was not me <laughs> and i just gave a reaction that was some norwegian or scandinavian dude <laughs> that yeah. was something that was else. a horse something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's great okay so they all thought that but the whatever and but, then obviously they also set me up and get me a shidduch. and i was like because they because they didn't believe it wasn't you on the podcast <laughs> no. but you're saying that what led to the beef and the fallout in the back and no forward? so so i'm just saying so so for me i specifically I started with Labrador School a year prior because I was wanted to build it up to be a thing. Mm -hmm. And by the time it became full you circle. You started what, like trolling, going back yes, and forth? Yes, all this yes, yes. Like, and like, her whole thing is like Agunas and all this. All of it, the all the top and the bottom. I was just going at her about whatever the hell it was. Mm -hmm. And I just, I didn't do it all at once. I just did it steadily. Now it happens to be when that thing happened, I'm like, oh, there's a perfect 
time to just jump on her case. And no yeah. one had gotten to it yet. That was okay. the key part. It was like going around, but still by the next night, no one had talked about it. So I'm like, oh, perfect, perfect time. You little troll. So real talk, yeah. I was in the shower. I still remember this. And I'm like, just thinking about it. I'm like, I don't know. Exactly. about it in the shower? I'm like, yeah, I think all my good ideas come in the shower. No, he, he's, he's thinking, thinking about, about the live stream in the shower. <laughs> he was like, thinking about Flappish He's just going like this. Oh, 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 First, I asked Zach. I asked Zach and Shmuley right after I posted it. I'm like, we good to go or is this too much? Zach calls me. He's like, label, it's freaking hilarious. Mm -hmm. Then, sorry, Zach, that is what happened. No, I'm, then, I'll then stand by. I thought it was funny. Shmuley's like, Shmuley responds with like, ha, 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 like caps, like whatever for like, anyways, I'm, I'm like, what do you think? He's like, eh, keep it up. Mm -hmm. Three minutes later, Shmuley's like, I think you should take it down. I go, look, already like 28 shares. Oh, it's like three minutes in. I'm like, all right, this is done. It was a post. The, what would you say about shares? From the from the real, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying it yeah. blew the fuck up yeah. instantly. Like yeah. it was, it was very fast. And then I woke up the next morning. The Jerusalem Post had written it. Up. Oh, I was like, where geez. the fuck did this come from? <laughs> like what? All right. Well, so yeah. it, it, horse penis comedian label wiener. No, yeah. literally. By the way, if you read it, by the way, it's 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 actually of the most funny. Uh, yeah. Wait, while you, while while you looked that up, yeah. I'm gonna comedian. find it right now. Hold as on, as comedian. Yes. Like, what is your take on this? We're in a weird time now with yeah. comedians. Right. What happens? What just happened to Matt Reif? I'm sure you're caught up on it. Uh, he got like exactly. canceled for a joke. Oh, second. did he get canceled though? No. He, he didn't. There, is, there is no canceling anymore. I think because now that like well, the, now you, you could, just go on Jordan Peterson. You can lure. The, you could, I'll just to wrap up the Flappers Girl saga. The whole thing back and forth. On I remember like you were trying to defend it as funny, and she was taking offense to it. Uh, my, it was funny. Could also my be whole offensive. thing was it. It was not okay. What happened to her? Of course, not. And that's why. It's we funny. all laughed about it, and it's uh, unfortunately at her expense because, like yeah. anything in life, a streaker goes into the middle of a baseball game. Everyone goes ah and freaks out precisely because it's not okay. Right. And it's like we don't we're not confused. We're not justifying what he did, but like we, we our response sometimes is like somebody's pants fall down, someone falls off a ladder. Right. It's not funny to the person falling off the ladder, but people have that reaction. It's so part the, of life. The point I was um, making at that time was yeah. just that like. So what was if, the, if he did the joke, the joke. If he made the video, if he made that joke yeah. in a comedy club, it would kill. It'd be great. If he yeah. made it around the shops table with the boys yeah. or, and the women, yeah. kill. The fact that we're like Jew at the time, we were big Jewish influencers. Yeah. Like we really were like the doing the Jew thing. Oh, I see. And like she's a from woman, and there's already like yeah. she's fighting against all this misogyny within from yeah. woman. There's so much context there that it's like Crying okay, hey, just yeah, be on my side. I just think it's like you can you can obviously say that was a terrible thing that he did, and we we laughed to sort of like. Uh, we weren't as the only people as medicine jokes. it's like oh my god even like everybody like, it, right? yeah everybody so was like, a, it's outrageous it's exactly that it's it's totally not okay you know if anybody puts their hands on somebody or goes to verbal abuse or anything like that like there's a line but it's like yeah that was precisely not okay which is why I think people reacted that way so yeah, that literally like, just so happened that. to Matt Rife he made a, a domestic violence joke yeah I in, saw that he wasn't cancelled I, I just saw I mean, a he what wasn't happened? canceled, but he, no, he, he lost he, a tremendous you, amount of fanship, and his his name is now kind of, of persona non grata now a little bit. You get canceled if you allow yourself yes, to get canceled. Yes, thank you. <laughs> if you apologize, the reason why Trump okay, this people don't understand this. The reason why Trump never I feel has like a we're problem. We're gonna be here for a while. No one podcast. freaking understands this. <laughs> yeah. The reason why Trump is not able to be canceled is because all the people that that are are his fans do not love him because. They don't like being canceled. Yeah. On the left, since they're pro being canceled, if you do anything, the minute they want to cancel you, it's within their DNA to cancel. So if you do anything wrong, you are now canceled. You can get canceled. Right. right? If Matt Reif put out a statement saying, 
I have, it's a teachable moment and I have seriously oh, reflected upon my remarks yeah. Yeah. and I am terribly sorry. Domestic oh. violence is a very serious issue. Blah, 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 blah. Then he's canceled. Yeah. But you know what he did? He threw up a link on his Instagram to click on it for a helmet. It was the first time he ever made me laugh. Yeah. No, but it was just like, uh, it's like Joe Rogan had an N-word video compilation and he just said, oh, and he made an apology video, but he was just like, yeah, that, those are nasty. Those are bad. But it was so obviously disingenuously compiled that he moved on from it, and so did everybody. Like, don't allow yourself to be. I didn't even know he had that. Yeah, it circulated it? when the CNN way, the was trying to take him down, and everybody was trying to bring COVID. Remember when they, they made him yellow? CNN, yeah, of like, course, made but him they yellow. did that video to show, like, and everybody knows, like, that he's not a racist, and that this is just taken out of context to make it look bad. Like, referring to the word is not the same thing as using it on somebody and a meaning and meaning it. Cry he definitely shouldn't be saying it. But. Whether you should or not be saying it, we, it uh, we understand as thinking human beings the difference between yeah. a KKK member calling somebody that and Joe Rogan referring to it or recounting a story that had the word. Now, obviously, using the word casually, it's a loaded term. I'm not, def- I'm not trying to like bring it back. I'm just saying we know the difference. Everybody. So if you apologize... I'm sorry, as, but we are naming this episode Amit Kozak oh wants to bring that word back. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you... I'm just saying, we all know in a can, in cancel culture, like when someone f- has a faux fake apology, then they're like caving to the mob and right. they're allowing themselves to be canceled. And like guys like Bill Burr who get in hot water for a second... Oh, Bill Burr will never apologize for anything. I'm just saying these guys who say things and then you're like, oh my God, he's getting canceled. It's like, no, he's not. He's... he's, he's, he's if, you're, if you do something criminal... Right. If you do something wrong, that's called canceling. That's called getting arrested or paying fines. That's what canceled. Well, really actually, is. you can Bill do some kind of criminal and get away with it. It's a good thing. He, he deserves. I think he's I out. Think, I don't even think he's going to be canceled. I, I think, think he's, he's going to go on tour when he he's comes out. He's out of jail. Yeah, he's no out of jail. Yeah, yeah. He's out of jail. Tour. What? Well, Cosby's out of jail? I think so. He's going to be the next Bill Cosby. He's someone that should be canceled. Correct. If you imagine, who's buying tickets to the Cosby World Tour? Put him in the pudding pop with the Jello in the pills in the pudding pop. If you're, if you do something criminal, the real cancellation is paying criminal fines or going to jail. Everything else that if you say as a joke and you mean it as a joke. I totally whatever. disagree with you. You're not gonna if no one finds out, you're not gonna buy to his next to his show. No, you're dude, not gonna I buy tickets. I want to no do a show finds, and it finds no out finds he's it. just doing an hour of rape jokes. That would be <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just saying if you do bad things, real bad things. Real bad things. You deserve what's coming to you. If you don't do bad things yeah. and you make good jokes or some people don't like the jokes, they're right. jokes. Cancel and I defend not the really spirit real. of that. The only time I think cancel culture is real is yeah. there are actual professors in colleges who have lost in, jobs. In academia, in, you're not inter- joking. In inter- exactly. In so, inter- right. in, in academia, yeah. you're not joking. That was my thing about Chappelle. Chappelle like, wasn't joking at certain he points. He wasn't joking. About what? Like, I that's never, when it got disturbing. I never, <laughs> what like, I always talking. defended Chappelle, like, on yeah. the anti until, like. On the trans stuff, I, def- I was very defended. Until October 7th, like, I always, and whenever, like, someone said, like, but Dave Chappelle's anti-Semitic, I said, no, he's not it's comedy right mm-hmm. he was doing he was, i didn't hear his, I, you heard what he said specifically because i didn't the wave of cancellation attempts on dave Chappelle had right. to do with is his specials that involved trans jokes and all these things no he also had an snl monologue after Kyrie. i saw that i saw yeah. all of it so right, whichever, but then, I, yeah and then after october 7th yeah. he had a he was on tour and yeah. he had a comedy show where he stopped doing comedy for like a good 20 minutes and just went on a rant about how evil Israel is. Did he actually do that? Did you see it? There's no video. There's no proof. video. Okay, so then I don't buy it. So then I don't buy it. Let me see it. And then I'll, I'll listen to it. No, you can't, but you can't bring in phones to it. Yeah. I don't give a shit what it is. Why? I should listen to some person who has an Why opinion. Why is it than a witness? No, it's a witness. Alleged. No, but, every, but, alleged but everyone has an opinion. Get the hell out of here. There what were a hundred Jews that walked out of the show. People, Zach watched Dave Chappelle's SNL, thought it was terrible. I watched it, was like, no, I think it's funny. You didn't see any okay. problems with it? I didn't say it was terrible. It's not about whether or not I saw problems. It Dave Chappelle, I don't think it's a problem. You have to be very careful. Yeah, you do. I don't like Jews who just Guys, run but, the anti-Semitic yeah. card every single time. Chappelle has a specific way of how he does his comedy, yeah. which is that he plays both sides in everything. Okay? He starts off 
sounding like he's serious on one end and having an opinion. Mm. And then he makes a joke at the very end of three minutes sure. about it. And then goes all the way to the other end. But he didn't do that in the monologue. I, I didn't think it was... My critique from a comedic okay. and then sort of ethical <laughs> standpoint was... I love the Jewish jokes in the beginning. I loved all the stuff he was talking. It's Shana Nadam. I'm not taking a stand that, oh, he can't joke about Jewish people. Like, a lot of the, the criticism on him on trans issues was, you can't joke about the trans community. I was like, oh, you can joke about anything. What happened in the Dave Chappelle monologue that disturbed me, and I think a lot of Jews, was like, at one point, he's not making jokes. He goes into right. commentary, and then there's no punchline or payoff. Well, there was a punchline. No, no, he says, he says, he said something really weird where he was like, now Jews have been through terrible things, but... You, you can't blame that on African-Americans. Uh, you just can't. But that didn't ring true for anybody because nobody at the time was doing that. If anything, Kanye was the one blaming Jews for the faults of things happening in his community. And so that was disturbing. And then he didn't make a joke. And I was being kind of crit critical about it. And then like the weird, bizarre vibe I took away from it was we're coming off the heels of Kanye making some of the worst comments so about Jews that we haven't heard in forever. And what the what the monologue kind of did was soften all of that. For Kanye, I don't feel like it softened it for but, Jew, okay. Jews to feel safe. And that was weird because at the end he ended with whoever they are. And there was just a very strange... But uh, I think, it had a very strange arc to it. That was my... I, I'm, 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 I don't think Dave Chappelle's anti-Semitic, but I do think... You don't think he's anti-Semitic? He probably has some bias. Look, do I think his experience has informed him that he's... That there's... there's that. that what he's showing us is that he's had experiences probably with Jews and industry and things yeah, like that that have made him, I don't know, Semitic suspicious I'm not at talking times. about the Kyrie Kanye thing. I'm but but, but not anti-Semitic, like hateful towards Jews. I think if you hold countries to different standards and then one of those countries just happens to be run... Oh, you're basing they, that on the recent thing yeah, about the, recent the thing. things. No, um, no, but I think that, sounds, yeah. those recent yeah. remarks inform yeah. everything else. Meaning until the, that point, I said his monologue and I said yeah. wasn't anti-Semite, he's just a comedian. But yeah. then once he like kind of revealed himself as an actual anti-Semite, I go back and watch those things through the lens of him being a but real anti-Semite. You, didn't, you oh. didn't see it. You have to see it. I don't you, believe the fact that someone says something, I'm sorry. Let's say he did enough. though. Like, the problem is, Olivia, I agree with you. The problem is then we're no. giving carte blanche to any comedian on tour to say whatever the hell they want because there's well, no proof. Lunch. I just if it's if well, I, don't, no, if yeah, I have no, no idea what someone said. Comedians aren't recorded though. Huh? Comedians are never recorded. That's the rule. Dave, uh, that's Dude, the. Uh, I'm just saying. I'm not going to. Uh, all I can tell you is what's in somebody's heart. Like, do I think like Dave Chappelle is somebody like I'm worried about as an anti-Semite no, publicly? Right. Out there, not yeah. at all. He's got a lot of Jewish friends. He's a lot of right. positive experience with a lot of Jewish people in his life. I think there are certainly a lot of maybe sure. most certainly right. Jewish people in his life that he's had very unpleasant experiences right. with. Um, Same, brother. So, like, yeah. So, I, I think it's a little. I'm not nervous about him mugging me on the street. It's a little too low. He's, right, he's nervous about it. It's influence. a little too low yeah. resolution to say something like I'm that. I'm not nervous about him. Like, like again, like I'm not nervous yeah. about him. Like the being guy hateful. Was, right. I'm nervous. About, I'm nervous about him spreading lies about the state of Israel. I understand that. Say this, I understand like the consequences of certain things he will say that, that are sloppy that can violence. lead to anti-Semitism. Yeah. But him personally, like I don't know him, and I know a lot of people. I, I but but I certainly wouldn't. Hold describe on. that label to him. I think it would be low resolution. Would you say he's mislabeled? <laughs> Boom! Brand awareness. Do you have a, a different view now? Based I'm a huge on, fan of him too. So do you have a different? Do you have? A, I think he's a genius. Yeah. I hate. Do you have him. a different view on the like his comedy towards trans, like the transgender world, trying to uh, being offended by him now that? Yes, because the transgender premise for Dave Chappelle was you cannot joke about our community, and I think he can joke about any community, including Jews. I love the Jewish jokes, jokes. If he's making jokes, I defend it. But part of comedy is also bringing out yeah. certain truths within something and joking about that. Like it has to be, I mean, look. So it, meaning, meaning there's aspect to, to Jewish stereotypes which are 100% accurate. Yeah. I, I, don't, I just don't like, I like. Labels like, a walking example. I like to have, no meaning, if you're in Hollywood. Jokes is a, yeah. like money. 
Factual, right? We do. We like freaking money. <laughs> we're all wealthy. We're all do well. Someone Whoa. making a joke, a Speak lot of us, pro proportionally by I, a I, mile, I, I the most successful saying. people. Okay. Now, for someone like Dave Chappelle to have interactions with Jews that are ne not necessarily always good because he's seen a lot of Jewish people be crazy about their money and therefore allude to that. I am all for jokes about Jews and money. I'm all for jokes about Jews and money. I'm all, I'm, I, I support Holocaust jokes. Okay, so what do you mean? You make a so, lot of them also. <laughs> no, so what do you I'm, mean? So I'm trying to understand exactly what Jokes. You said. If you are joking, what? then you are joking. If you are making a serious point, you evaluate it differently by different standards. And I think Chappelle, he's doing jokes, but His if he's- His point is, is that, he's getting, watched, that because yeah. he's a comedian, he's getting a pass to give a TED talk. No, I've watched so much Chappelle. <laughs> he does this with everything. If you go through Not all in of that particular SNL monologue as no. compared to trans jokes. Uh, but for someone who is so funny, to go that long without being funny at all is concerning because he's just talking yeah. about how evil Jews oh, are. If it, if it was, I, so I remember watching the monologue. I'm, I'm being very particular and very critical about a specific monologue. He's offended. Not, not Dave Chappelle in the totality of his comedy, but I'm not making a distinction between trans and Jews because I'm Jewish and partial to that. I'm saying jokes, like the intention of a joke is to he, find a little bit of truth in something and find the funny in it, exaggerate if a video it, play surface, on stereotypes, but intention has to be human, I understand. not I'm making a serious point. I got it, I got if it. He would, if a 20 Seems minute like video surfaced of Chappelle just ranting about trans people yeah. with no punchlines, that's gonna be a lot more problematic. Correct. Yeah, sure. That's a and cancellation. If, and, and if it and if it happened with <laughs> Jews, then I would obviously have a totally different take. That's all. I'm just saying, alleged, I don't know. No, I, don't I would care. have the same take. I'm yes. just saying if there was a serious rant by him about any particular yeah. group that wasn't a joke, then you're like, eyebrow raise. Right. What the hell was that? Right. But if you're if you're doing an act, that's fine. I just sometimes at a moment, there was moments in the monologue where um, there were no punchline. There was no payoff. You were just like, "What's going on there?" I know it's, it's a, a kind of I a dated, bring up dated a, subject. Do you do you think that um, there are times, even in community, even if you're trying to be funny in comedy, yeah. where if there's a group of people, let's say Jews right now, really getting getting the shit kicked out of them, let's say, mm. or and then in a year from now, it's going to be summers in the Indian population. Do you not make jokes at that time or even at that time? Because I think some of the criticism yeah. against Chappelle was trans people are getting their asses kicked right now, so don't. Punch them while they're down. Mm, There's yeah. that aspect. I don't like the whole there? punch them while they're down thing. Funny is funny. And funny is kind of determined by the mood and culture of the moment. Mm. So like when you can joke about something and how. There's a delicate balance there. I respect the attempt to do it. Yeah. Um, a bad joke might be offensive at different times to different people, but it's a joke. I think if it's, and it's and you're like, ah, well, I didn't love that because it hurts things a little bit. But if it's a, a really good joke and really can cut through all that. And I just, I defend the process of like, attempting to find the funny even in the most horrible situations because mm. it comes from a place of love it doesn't come from a place of hate it comes from a place of hate that's kind of people strange. can tell when a joke there are there are jokes and that funny wins funny wins and funny i know it's wins, not and people it's can tell when it comes from hate but you know like what's up? i wonder, wonder the day like 9-11 jokes became funny <laughs> like three days later in no the like they tried it at the roast <laughs> there was a roast of uh Pete davidson that was great that was great but like earlier Those somebody bill gilbert godfrey tried to do jokes about 9-11 at a roast that happened like a couple days after, right. and people were like, oh, I can people were not responding. And then Jeff, well, really, Roth, the roast Jeff Ross comes happened. out to, to save Gilbert Gottfried and, and said like, hasn't there been enough bombing in this city? Uh, <laughs> but you see what happens there? Like, it's just this catharsis. Like, okay. I would say the first roast of 9-11 you know, happened on 9-11. Well, that's the joke that was made in Pete Davidson's. Uh, was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. That was, must have been lodged. I'd it was Jimmy Carr. Jimmy Carr said, I am so appalled by all of the jokes made about... Pete, Pete Davidson's Davidson. father, who perished on 9-11. This is not the roast of Pete Davidson's father. That, that was in 2001. <laughs> and everyone, very, and everyone, very good. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly oh, what he said. You memorized oh, the, well, you memorized the joke out, word for word. And everybody went, oh! You know. like people took, took it well? Or yeah, and Pete yeah, Davidson was, was like, that was dope. That was dope. It was a couple years ago. That though. was dope. Yeah. Like, Pete <laughs> Davidson like, embodies that like persona. Like, he, yeah. like, that's his whole...
I wanted to ask you one thing about yeah. if we have like two minutes about because yeah. we're on the anti-Semitism thing. I mm. personally, I was so proud of this moment. I never felt like real anti-Semitism in my life until mm. I met Ami and Ami like kind of brought and it into Ami my life. And then Ami called you a kike? No, like we were <laughs> planning. This was like the first show post like actually during like right after October 7th. I mean, Ami was planning this big show that like he had oh. to end up can- canceling because yeah. it was like scheduled October 9th or something. Yeah, 10th. Yeah. I, October 10th. Yeah. And like, so I was actually getting like live reactions to like when Ami was like changing into this, from this comedian to this like Israel advocate. And our first show after that was like the first stand up for Israel show. Mm -hmm. That was like when we said like, okay, it's okay to do comedy because we're raising money for Israel. And like, I was like semi producing the show. And then like literally an hour before the show, you text me a screenshot of a DM from like one of your followers saying like, one was like saying like, hey, I need help like designing a gas chamber to like fit like. Mm-hmm. finish off all the Jews, which right. I thought was cool because you're a comedian, not like a structural engineer. Right. Like, <laughs> but, and then, Sorry, I can't help you. I know a contract. Yeah. <laughs> and then right after price. that, yeah. he responded to the story from our show saying like, thanks for the address. And I was yeah. like, oh shit, like this guy's oh, coming wow. for us. Yeah. And like, we got this was like, yeah. Why is this guy following you? I like literally. What? Oh, he's been great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Some people over How? the years. I, who, yeah, who, who likes Gary V impressions, Prince Harry impressions, Jordan <laughs> Peterson impressions, and Hamas? I don't know. Yeah, I don't right. know that cross section, but he's not following me anymore. Dude, the address count? That's crazy. Or like, we're coming. Yeah, good to see you. I like, was going to see you there. Fire, fire, fire. But you have to understand, like, I'm like, I'm not canceling the show. It's yeah. my first show in three months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't tell anyone about it. I was like, listen, yeah, whatever happens, spooky. happens. <laughs> I got like one extra security most guard. of them are just hateful not like directly threatening but that was i sent that you that was... i'm like hey dovey any extra security at this one <laughs> just in case you don't know you were really the only like ended up being like mark norman and elon gold showed up yeah but you were the only like big instagram presence uh-huh. on the show so like that was really the most like yeah, and mark norman headline that was pretty cool but mm-hmm. i guess i get how often is that like your reality now like do you feel like not there's two guards outside <laughs> no um that's because the label i'm talking about the anti <laughs> <laughs> the anti I, it's unpleasant in a way, and there's every once in a while I've seen just like especially Twitter, the Twitter things that is people write style. on Twitter and AI images that they put up yeah. of like Jews looking like pigs and like celebrating hostages being taken, really? like yay LMFAO, like the sickest sickest stuff. It's like so depraved, and you'll get comments that are like bizarre. If anything is directly threatening, I'll like report it to Instagram. Um, I don't walk around like worried. But you're not like you're no. never like nervous. No, no. Um, also, Soon hopefully you will be. <laughs> I, hope I was so jealous. No, I was like, I, I can't just, wait to get there. I really miss it. thing. If you're nervous, it means you have a lot of followers. Yeah, yeah. but I don't. I, mean, I know it's not worth it to me. I, I, I draw a line at like my own security and my family's security. Yeah. That's not something that's worth. No, I hear that. But the, saying, the juice ain't worth the squeeze. And I try to like keep my stuff to like I know Israel focused and not beyond that. Like right. of, of controversial things that might warrant my like security compromise. But like, I don't walk around like there was a period of time when I would like go out in public or whatever, and if I was like. In event, I you know look over my shoulder occasionally when when this stuff was like who knows who's seeing it, little bit. Um, if I went to like a protest, a Palestinian protest or something like that, I'd be maybe more cautious. Not you know, yeah, that's the god. Get the, you know, get, like, get if there's they, they turn violent. Plenty of them turn violent. So like, Twitter's you know, rather. You know, I miss when violent. the most offensive thing on Twitter was furries. Hmm? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but um, you know. I should stay safe. I'll be all right. You'll protect me. Me too, Shem. Amen. Well, I'm not nervous. I'm, I'm sure I'll be the first one to interview if anything happens to you. <laughs> you know, this could be really good for my career. <laughs> I knew him well. God forbid. God forbid. God forbid. All yeah. you need to do yeah. is watch them rally and watch our rally. Mm. And watch mislabeled. One is burning down fucking buildings and trashing the place. The other, not a... I made a video about that. I made a, a lot of them are not basics, doing that. basics. Oh, yeah, right. plenty of them are. Go mm-hmm. look around the world. 
Anyways, guys, you want to end thank on that? Thank you. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a, nice, nice. Um, guys, yeah. Um, new to your pets. That's what I want to end on. Thank you so much for watching, Ami. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. I greatly thank appreciate you. it. You're thank right you. here. Thank you for having. Say hello. There you go. Back now, point, point um, to that camera. <laughs> <laughs> guys, thank you so much for watching. You're welcome. On to the next one. <laughs> Peace and love.